0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Street Apple Podcast. I'm your host, Tukes. And today we are at Tunes in West Babylon with Jordan. Let's clap it up for Jordan. I clap for myself. Yeah, you can clap for yourself. Everyone always makes a comment about the clapping every single episode. I tried not to this time, but you brought it up yourself. So yeah, nobody's in here except for us. So um, appreciate you for taking the time to do this interview. Um, I know we've been in contact for a couple Mm -hmm. of years over various different situations Mm -hmm. with my Supra or just picking up parts or whatever it is. Um, And now I I have the pleasure of sitting with you and talking about cars, which is pretty cool, actually. Yes. So um, you just came back from... Japan, I see you're doing some drifting stuff now, which I would have never even imagined. They seem mm-hmm. more of like a, you know, technical tuner kind of guy messing in the, sh- you know, messing around in shops, taking motors out and so on. But the drifting thing is pretty cool. And uh I think last week when I had came, I think it was two weeks ago, yep. I came here and uh one of your employees was like, oh, he's he's in Japan. Yep. I'm like,
2: oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, I want to set something up. They're like, hey, he's not here. He's not even I'm here. I'm like, I'm like, bad week to not be here <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know we spoke before yeah, yeah. that so i was like all right
1: well all right cool so we're here we're finally here um and yeah there's a lot of topics that i want to talk to you about hopefully today we can get some answers that i've been trying to get answered on the podcast not due to uh people just just me asking the right questions so can you talk about your japan trip because i kind of i kind of want to know about the yes. drifting stuff i'm getting can more can start that. there
2: yeah japan top place in the world i've ever been to okay S- aside of drifting this is the coolest thing in the world going somewhere you can't talk, you can't read any sign, right. You have No idea what's going on. Best thing ever, but the drifting part, which is the car stuff, while you're here, yeah. Um, six months ago or so, I went, I got invited with friends to go to Japan. They all go there many times to Ebisu or Ibisu. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ebisu. I, pronounce it. I always hear Ebisu, I hear Ebisu yeah. also. And uh, they go there, they drift, they all have JZX 100s or JZX 90, which is like a rear wheel drive, Toyota, right. one JZ thing, yeah. And they all go drifting there. So I went. I was supposed to borrow a car and drive for like free. Okay. And then the car I was supposed to borrow didn't work out in time. Yeah. So I was there and my wife was like, buy a car. Just buy a car. Like just buy whatever car you're going to buy. Just buy a car. Wow. Real bad influence. (laughs) And I bought a a Jay-Z X100. Yeah. And six months ago I drifted. I drove two and a half days. And then I came home and I felt like damn i really flew to japan i only drove for like two days yeah it's not like and you're getting used to right hand drive drifting oh that's
1: true too crazy drive over there and wow
2: yeah it's when you're like drifting and then you're like downshift 80 70 80 miles per hour from third to second gear like sideways it's like it gets real it gets real (laughs) real fast but um i did that and then there was another opportunity a lot of people go like two times a year to go drifting there so The next one was a bit like open, the new, um, the next Matsuri they call it, Drift Mm Event. So a lot of people are going, like all YouTubers are going, uh, Drift HQ people are going, and they said, Are you coming? Are you coming? So I said, Yeah, sure, let's go. So I decided I went. I drove for five days or so in Japan, drifting in Japan. So that was my whole purpose, and it's it's great. So your car is just basically chilling there. Yeah, the car lives there. It does. The car I bought has a title. Okay. I don't think I'll ever import it here because it's worth more just selling it to some other uh, dumb American like me that bought an overpriced GZS 100 (laughs) in Japan. Yeah. And then they can keep it there or whatever. Right. Most people import import nice clean cars.
1: Is it a common thing? Because I remember there was this podcast I watched that TJ Hunt had Mm -hmm. and he was talking about a lot of different cars that he has and that he keeps them over there. Is that the same kind of like area that he
2: keeps his cars at? Do you know? I have no, I doubt it. He probably bought cars that are not the 25 year rule to import yet. Right. So, like, he just has them in storage facilities wherever, and then he'll import them when they become legal. Mm -hmm. This is not that. I don't know if this car's able to be imported yet. It's a 90 something. So, like, at worst, next year would be or something.
1: But then, is it like, even if it is like legal, you still have to get the crash testing situation? Nah,
2: 25 years or older, I think in the U.S., you can import anything without any safety standards or. Oh, without any safety? Nothing. It just comes in.
1: Okay. I didn't even know that. I thought it was just like a like you have to pass even if it's no. 25 years no if it's 25 know. years you do nothing
2: I, I mind you it's i don't know if it's 25 years of production date or yeah. the date the car was sold or whatever but like right there's a 25 year rule they call it and then the car can be imported and there's no um no anything
1: wow so how long did it take for you to get used to the right hand drive situation It's like driving? one day. It's just drifting
2: yeah that's what, crazy i would say like one day i wasn't great like now i'm better but right. like one day i was able to do the thing, you know? Yeah. And then uh, use the e-brake that doesn't really work great in the car. Um, Let me say half a day, one day. First day, I was able to, like, full-blown drift in it. Oh, wow. But there's still some levels of awkwardness in it. Yeah. Um, but nothing really, really horrible. Like, day two, day three, I was okay at driving it. Then I went um, – I drove other the right-hand drive cars since then. Yeah. And it's not that weird. Really? It's not that weird. So –
1: do you ever have a situation where you like miss shift or anything like that, or go into the wrong gear? Um, because that seems one, like two, it'd be the most common thing. Like
2: one, two, three, four. You're not like you're accelerating, but you're not really, really drag racing, right? In drifting, like when you're by yourself or with friends, mm-hmm. so you're shifting quick. But the only thing sketchy is three to two downshift, like wall mm. sideways. Like there's one track there. You come against the wall. Yeah. you come back the other way, and you do a three to two down, like in drift, while floating a three, three to two downshift, and then you. Mm. That if you miss, you could stop drifting and the guy could hit you if he's close or spin okay. out. But like there's no wall there. That's the only thing weird for me. Right. Some people have more trouble. Some people have trouble placement in the car. Yeah. Cause they're on the other side. So everything feels strange. Right, right, right. My right. friend of mine's pro drifter and he's like, it takes me a bunch of laps to get comfy. And he's like best he won the guy Chelsea Nova, won FD. And really? He said it takes him a bunch of laps to get used to it. But here's the thing, he feels a lot more than me. I'm not that good. Yeah. So like for me, I'm just barely getting by. For him, there's like a lot of thought going into it. Yeah. And yeah. he has a car exactly where he wants. So for me, I guess maybe because I haven't been doing it for ten years, I'm just like sliding around having fun. So for me, it's just like another thing. And
1: he's he's there with you.
2: He, he went to this one. Well, oh, that's dope, dude. But and he's he, like real good.
1: He has the uh, what does he drift the
2: he did he drove Mustang for RTR. Mustang the Mustang right
1: yeah. yeah I I was just watching him um. Maybe like a month ago mm-hmm. when I was unwrapping my car, and he was uh, at I think it was the it was the finals. Yeah, it like he, the, won. he like won. He won. He right. won F D. Yeah, he won F. I I forgot. I forgot Three. where it was. Where was the last? Where was the uh, finals That the uh, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I yeah, don't really I mean,
2: watch the live that much. I watched that day the live because yeah, I wa-
1: yeah, I watched it too. It was pretty cool. He was up against the uh, the Supra. I think it Maybe. was the. Uh, Maybe somewhere over there. It was pretty cool. though. pretty cool mm-hmm. to watch.
2: Yeah, he's good. So like he said it takes him a bunch of laps because of car placement and feel of like what the car does. Yeah. We throw it this way, one side lifts and whatever. And me, I'm just like, if you have a sim driver that feels nothing, they yeah. can hop in a car and drive whatever. I'm not that good. Yeah. But like the same thing, I don't think about everything going on. Mm. But the right hand drive is not bad. Some people have trouble though.
1: I mean, I haven't even like even got a little bit of, of an idea of how you even start like mm. in the actual car. I can see sim because a lot of people say that sim is actually good for like getting the mechanics down. Mm-hmm. But, um, I still don't understand the concept yet. I really? think you just have to, one of those things you have to feel it you out to right? do it. I yeah. think a
2: lot of it, I can't do a sim.
3: Oh, you can't if you do a start
2: sim. on a sim and then you move to driving. It's great. I started in drifting like in okay. real cars yeah. and I, I bought a sim and I bought cheap shit like used steering wheel, whatever right. I sold it all. I bought a little bit better. I didn't ball out, ball out, but like it adds up. So I bought all that stuff and I suck. I can't do two turns really it's so hard, there's some disconnect, but they say if you get used to driving without the feeling of the tire and the grip and everything, yeah, yeah, and you hop in a car, you're like amazing.
1: I feel like maybe you have to have like a very a very good setup to kind of have that like that true driving I don't know. feel no? though that's know. that's what i that's I bought I would... a
2: direct drive steering wheel. it's just not a two thousand dollar one it's like eight hundred hour one, and the ah. pedal's like six hundred dollars, so they're definitely not like the original setup I had was like dirt cheap, yeah, this is like good, i don't know good but cheap. <laughs> that's a thing interesting
1: yeah i think i'm gonna start with the sim i'll probably get that's probably gonna be my way into into drifting before i even think about buying a car
2: go for um, have you gone for a ride with someone
1: no i know i, I haven't I haven't yet i'm waiting that. for the next event i'm gonna go with calvin um, oh, okay yeah he's good. so he's yeah i mean he's been telling me to go but i've just been so busy with other stuff so we'll get there though we'll get there um but that's cool man i i i hope that you know you keep enjoying these events that you go mm. to with the drifting stuff and um hopefully i can make it to japan one day and do uh right along. It's him. crazy. Yeah, sick. So, um, let's talk about some tuning stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're primarily known for tuning at, you know, obviously yep. your shop. So can you talk about how you got started in, into uh tuning?
2: Yes. So when I was 18 years old, okay, I worked in a, from, from 13 to eight and to 21, I worked at a I think plant. we're the same
1: age, right? How
2: old are you? I'm 32. I'm 32. Oh, ah, you 09. feel young or you feel old?
1: Um, I feel younger the more people I meet. Because, you know, it's just like, there's a lot of people who are are older and they just seem much older, but then it's like, it's like, they don't even know I'm 32. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not that old. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Same thing. Oh, nine. Right. So, um, I worked 13 to 21, same people, clam bar, Mexican restaurant. And I saved up money while working there and going to high school to Mm -hmm. turbo an E36 that I had. Wow. That was my first car. Yeah. And then uh, let's say $1,500 for the full eBay turbo kit special. And. I needed, I was like, damn, a tune is the same $1,500. How the hell? Like, that's crazy for me. At the time, (laughs) I was like 17 years old, like in high school doing this, putting together my pennies. And I was like, this is crazy. I can't do this. So then I went online. There was guys doing like DIY tuning, like use this tune and use this tune. And I, I messaged a bunch of them. They were like buy these injectors buy this math i'll give you a tune it's gonna run it's gonna drive normal you can tweak it but we'll help you there's a few diy guys and from that i that's how i sort of got started because i didn't okay. want to pay what yeah. i charge now and then i end up doing more very quickly than these big tuning companies so like mm. these big tuning companies were like let's say there was three brands um, offering blow through mass airflow sensors. So like you put a sensor in a charge pipe mm-hmm. instead of in front of a turbo. Right. And like mine, you Subaru has came in front of the turbo forever. So it runs and drives like that, but it drives better the closer to the engine. So I made that work. And then by that point I was actually like eight, I was probably 19 in college. Okay. And had a Dakar yellow E36 M3 mm. and I made that work. And there was two legit companies offering the same thing. So I started saying, why is no one offering this? Why is no one doing this? Of the five people tuning them, only two are offering this. Right. So it doesn't make sense. So I started offering online for free. Yeah. Hey, does anyone want a tune for Turbo Thirty Six? I figured out X, Y, and Z. This works. And then I got uh, banned off the forum, back to when, Beamer forums. They banned me and they said, you are offering something for free that vendors pay to yeah, sell. Yeah, wow. I was going
1: to say that. Vendors... So they were like,
2: become a vendor or you cannot post anymore. So I was 18 years old <laughs> paying, I think it was like, a hundred dollars a month or something or two dollars a month whatever it was it was yeah. too much money and i was like the, there was another big tuner at the time and i wasn't a tuner i was just a kid
1: right starting up
2: and i another tuner at the time was super disrespectful and was like i'm not worried about you you're just gonna blow up a bunch of cars or just talking shit yeah so i was like i'll just pay the two hundred dollars a month and give it away you know yeah so i did that i tuned a few people's cars and it didn't just like work a little bit it worked better than what people were offering Like, people were saying, like, you can't use bigger than 60-pound injectors or 630 cc's for, like, cc guys. Um, Okay. I had 1,000 cc working. They were saying the ignition system sucks. It misfires past 400 horsepower. It was just um, the poor tuning of these legit tuners that were causing a lot of these problems. And I was a guy that had no tuning background, no engineering background, just a kid at the time. But I just... Did homework, looked things up online as good as possible, and did something with it. Like right. now there's like Horsepower Academy, I think, in Australia. Yes. yes. That, I've never, I know it's so bad, I've never looked at their courses or whatever. I've never they're, signed they're up really for them. They're really good. They're really but good. Yeah. That's what I, every video I've seen, it's like they seem like they're on the ball. Yeah. They're For how detailed. technical they are, what they know. But back in, so you say you graduated 2009, 2009, yeah. 2010, that was not that a thing. That was not a thing. You couldn't, you'd go on some forum. Read some posts from some random guy yeah. about how they thought something worked. So that's how I learned. I started tuning cars like that. Yeah. And then because this guy, if that guy didn't push me, I wouldn't be here today. Mm. You know. Thank you.
1: <laughs> if he didn't call you, if he wasn't like a douchebag. or whatever, Yeah, if he yeah. wasn't
2: just a douchebag. And now yeah. like looking back, like I've been doing better over time and-
1: that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, can you talk about the, the that platform in yeah.
2: the E36 a little bit and what you've kind of discovered at, at that time? Yeah. So back then I did them. They were making. And mind you, like I didn't. There were shops that gave me opportunity to tune cars, and they right. also needed someone to tune cars because they were. So it was like help. It was a mutually beneficial thing. Right. And I got paid like very minimal money, and they were probably still charging customers. Yeah. So I wasn't <laughs> mad though. I started doing turbo E36s, and I had my car. It ran and drove fine and good and then i learned more and more over time mm-hmm. and i invested some level of money in like systems that could um read knock or detonation okay like new cars, you'll data log and see it pull timing right when you have a ecu from the 90s they don't always do that so yeah. you got like plug in a scanner and do all that so i learned from that and then i started doing it for shops doing more and more and then it was like everyone said you can make 400 horsepower we would make 500 on pump gas and i was working with a shop that like i guess looking back They were really a pioneer in trying things they weren't Mm. the smartest in the world but they would buy five turbos and try each one so for me working with them really allowed me to progress and take off for the fact that i got to do things that online people said didn't work more power bigger injectors and then i worked for that shop ended up making something like the 1100 horsepower range like wheel horsepower probably like it's probably been like 10 years or nine years or eight years ago yeah so like in terms like length of doing this It's been a while in terms of like experience um i've seen all ends of the e36 spectrum in terms of turboing okay from 300 horsepower to let's say 1200 horsepower and i think there's a sweet spot like every other car Mm. you make too much power the motors are only good to a certain point
1: so can you talk about the the actual like the block itself the the head yeah
2: yeah sure so it's a e36 motor it's like iron block good flowing aluminum head the the closed deck or open deck uh, it's all it's closed deck okay so it's great seven eight hundred horsepower motor there's gonna be people out there they're gonna say e36 is great you can make a thousand horsepower with mm-hmm. piston rods cut ring arp head studs i've been there i've done that i mean the same guy with chelsea nofo we ran um let's say eight nine hundred wheel with a bunch of nitrous to spool the turbo and vanos and we cracked multiple of the blocks we broke multiple head gaskets. it's like I've been through bad things yeah. when pushing it, but I've also learned in that what works really good. That motor is not a 1200 horsepower motor. Okay. It's a seven, eight, wheel, amazing power per pound to boost spools. Great. But, um, the block, like the limits right. block cracks around the head stud holes sometimes randomly. So like, you don't really, really know. It's just an age thing. I think a lot of it. Yeah. Um, the block is also weak, so it's like a hit or miss, depending on the casting you get. You're dealing with really old castings right? From BMW. Okay. So the block can crack. And then also, um, with the ARP2000 and the cut ring gasket, it's a 50-50 shot. If you crack the block or blow the gasket with the cylinder, pure cylinder pressure yeah. from power. Like newer engines, like the B58, these guys are running $2,000 head gaskets right. that lock into the block to stop it from pushing out if you do that on an e36 motor in my personal opinion okay you're gonna fix a gasket but the block's still gonna crack at like somewhere between 800 and 900 950 foot pounds of torque wow and people are say oh this guy made this much and this guy when i say power i'm talking about with standard ish cams normal um cam timing movement and a really fat power curve You can make 1,200 horsepower and make the same torque as someone that's making 1,000 horsepower and your power curve shit because you put really big cams. You're trying to rev really high. So my numbers are all like uh, based on certain things. Right. But it's a great motor for 7,800 wheel.
1: 7,800.
2: Wheel. With like pistons and rods. Even stock. They make 600, 650. And it's a lightish car, rear wheel drive, stick shift. So
1: a lot of the limitations with the older style BMWs, N fifty four, N fifty five, those are open deck,
2: correct? Um, yeah, N fifty four is N55. open deck, N fifty five is open deck, and those N- are like aluminum, aluminum, right? Motors, and the issues really with those are like. E thirty six is great because it's so easy to make power. Yeah, like pound for pound. Whatever fuel you're on, you're maxing out your turbo on mm-hmm. pump ED5, and like it's great. Right, M54, higher compression, a little bit shittier of a cylinder head, so yeah. it takes more boost to make the power, which is fine. But really, it's like the electronics of that. Right. Like E36, I can put a chip in it like a, yeah. a tune. Right. My injectors, my math, no mechanical issues, no boost leaks, no fuel pressure drop. Close my eyes, and I'll make 800 wheel if this setup can do it. All I right. did one the other day, made 650 wheel horsepower, stock engine on an M3.
1: That seems, that, see, I, if, if I were to do like an E36, mm-hmm. I, I would do, I'd be in that range. Yeah. Maybe like 550, yeah. 650. That it's seems a great like it's, spot. Yeah. Like
2: I have one that makes, I would say 450, 500. Mm-hmm. Another one, I never died. It, it could do six. Yeah. Um, another one, 450. Like all in that range. It's a very nice spot. You're not breaking transmissions. You're right. not breaking axles. It's a 20 plus year old car.
1: That's what I'm saying, but they sound great when they're. All right, almost
2: thirty year old, thirty yeah. year old. It's getting there, bro. It's getting there. All right, see,
1: now you're starting to make you feel a little old. Yeah. <laughs> so, um so is there any other limitations to that that platform, as a whole? If you're if you're trying to build an E36.
2: Um. If there, no, I I mean I personally have driven eight nine hundred wheel E36s like yeah. a lot. Um. I don't know compared to other people and what people think is a decent amount, but. If you take like my three thirty sixes, I've driven the most. Each one in a year, I put twelve thousand miles on them, yeah. and I drove them at seven hundred to eight hundred fifty wheel, like all the time. Right, tons of abuse and no real major issues, no real major problems. But limitation wise, transmission, diff, potentially ac- different axles depending on how you drive. Yeah. Trans is gonna break. So the problem is like an F eighty M three. If it's rated for five hundred horsepower, and then you make a thousand, you're doubling it. If E thirty six is made for two hundred fifty you make 500 you're doubling it right so everything's not designed for 800. so your f80 might not have axle problems or driveship problems on the street right at let's say 700. it's pretty good an e36 to 700 over time you're going to wear down the transmission right. really that's really the main weak point so it just in my opinion it's not worth it to spend twenty thousand dollars from the transmission back on e36 when a newer platform is going to shit on you anyway
1: Mm, that makes sense so it's I more know, for fun
2: i'm an e36 guy yeah and like i've had probably 10 turbo 36s over the course of time i have three currently and like i'm not gonna say i don't like them i don't love them they're great but yeah it's, it should be a fun thing yeah to build one that's like really fast yes you can put a th 400 you can put a c4 transmission in it mm-hmm. you can put some crazy rear wheel drive thing or some potential like like we said our mutual friend frank he has all wheel drive one yeah you could do that but when a stock g80 <laughs> he's gonna like put out crazy times unless with the you're frank stuff.
1: man unless you're frank and you yeah. can yeah frank's but no, no. only
2: his car his car now has a power curve same thing his car moved the power curve over makes less torque his car power curve wise is an anomaly to what they break out in my opinion okay due to his fancy cylinder head fancy intake like it's weird stuff that is not yeah. common that's not common i'm right. talking about like the 99 percent right the oh. general
1: general people who are just going to get a car and make it you know make it fast put a turbo on it yes. you know and do minimum work basically yeah. uh, frank is in a league of his own when yes. it comes to this because He's, he has he playing uh, himself <laughs> yeah, yeah well, we're going to definitely hopefully have him on soon so we'll be able to talk about his setup I'm not sure if you know too much about it but i'd rather let him kind of That's explain fine. yeah <laughs> so um okay so you have you said you've had 3 uh e36s
2: i have had probably 10 turbo e36 e36s 10 probably i have 3 e36 m3 turbos currently wow
1: and your fastest one uh, is what
2: they're all stock engine head gasket head studs basic my fast one i had made about 950 wheel horsepower it was a 6870, 35 pounds of boost i drove it at like 880 usually and that's not a lot compared to like modern cars but that's related to like the cylinder heads flow a lot less you need more boost to get more air into the engine right but like e36s are efficient heads so they make good power per pound of boost.
1: Can you talk about Vanos?
2: Um, in terms of people rebuilding Vanos, because it's noisy, it almost never has an effect on how it performs. If my shit is like a tiny bit noisy, I'm not rebuilding it. Like an E36 Vanos, for example. Okay. If it's really clacky, okay, you want to change it because it's annoying. But as soon as you pop the hood and you're like hear a little bit of Vanos rattle, and people are like I got to rebuild it. I'm down in power. No effect on power, or whatever. There really? is seals and stuff that can wear out and make it perform worse that is a possibility but i've never seen it it can pretty much when people rebuild them they often make them too tight and they get slower to react anyway but vanos is that move what vanos is it moves the, the cams right on e36 into cam on a E e46 it moves both the cams it's for power curve and emissions reasons
1: is it basically like uh, a VTEC has that has that um, uh, kick on at like 45 i think yeah, it's 40
2: the VTEC pop yeah. um VTEC is a. I think I don't know exactly. It's like a secondary lobe on yes, the that cam that kicks on at a certain that RPM. It like maybe puts oil pressure to a second exactly. set of lifters right. or something else, right? Yeah. And then it it moves it up, and it's like having a different cam profile it or pushes a larger the cam, valves in deeper, so you get more. Yeah, okay, there. more lift then more or something. More lift, yes. This is different. The BMWs do have something called Valvetronic, which is variable valve lift. Maybe that's similar. Right. But it's variable. It's always changing. Mm. But vanos is more of cam timing. So on e 36s it became a big thing. A while ago, people will talk about, um, I took my intake cam and I moved it to this degree and this degree, and it did X, Y, and Z. And right. then I tried to get involved in the chat a little bit. And a lot of people were like, I, I didn't agree with it. What everything everyone was saying. Yeah. And I offer my dyno to people like you gotta pay for your hotel and shit. You can use it. you can play with it. You can learn. If you're selling these products. Right. Um, on E46 M3 and newer, or E46 and newer, I can go in the ECU and change the degree, one degree to target. one, two, three, four, five, ten 10 degrees and see the power difference it makes at mm-hmm. each RPM on the fly. So it does all sort of translate back to an E36, but it's like different cams, different head port, but that's what the Vanos does. It moves cam timing, which effectively changes your power curve. If you shift your intake cam completely one way, you're going to have crazy low end. If you shift to the other way, you have crazy top end. Right. Having the on off point or a variable control gives you the bottom end and the top end. It just effectively um, controlling cylinder pressure. It's like making more cylinder pressure, lower RPM versus higher RPM. Right. Why does it break all the time? I think a lot of people talk about it more than it needs to be on E46 M3 is the real one that it does break on. Okay. And like break shit breaks off. Yeah. Messes up your car. The other cars, it gets noisy. I get it. It's cool. Repair it, fix your noise, but E46 M3 that's so how piece breaks off, and causes. Oh, so that's problem. a
1: serious, that's a serious problem. Yeah.
2: But like, if the car is eighty thousand miles or less, I'm not. The chances of it's like pretty slim.
1: Well, I think as time goes on, it becomes a thing where it's like you're gonna probably run into that problem because unless you're gonna spend a lot of money to get a car with mm-hmm. less than eighty thousand miles, you know, then yeah. of course you won't have that issue. But most people are probably just picking up cars with a hundred thousand miles on them and then trying to. Yeah. Do something with them. So
2: most of us are like most of my <laughs> E36s are like, all got some miles. Yeah. A lot of my cars got some miles.
1: <laughs> so um, have you done any crazy swaps in, in any of these cars? Like where you, you know, try oh, to stay away from the BMW platforms. Cause a lot of these E36s, yeah. they get swapped off for different.
2: Yes. Odors. That's really good. So I am like, I'm strictly BMW and I'm okay. not saying it's the best. Like I'm not dumb Well, I'm dumb. Cause <laughs> I'm here and I have too many cars, Yeah, but I'm not dumb to tell you BMW is the best motor ever. And anything like that but no i've never really done a swap in terms of a different engine we've done swaps like here when i was working on customers cars between e46 like swapping motors between different bmws Mm -hmm. but because it's my business for myself it's what i've stuck to
1: okay makes sense
2: not often do i buy cars that are not beneficial also to my business but i also enjoy them i don't have to have e36s that i don't post about that i drive when i want i do that because i enjoy it Okay. Um, the only thing closest to a swap, I guess, is like my yellow M240 behind you. Yeah. It's not a swap because that has a B58 engine in a car, and that car came with a B58 from the factory. It's not a swap, but it runs a full standalone. You could take that motor out and put it in anything with the wire harness I made. It okay. runs a link ECU. It has direct injection deleted. It is, other than like making motor mounts, it has a Tremec TKX transmission from, like, a Chevy. It has what? a Clutch Bastards clutch, aftermarket drive so Like Other than, like, the motor mounts being stock, wiring-wise, the coolant system has, like, an old-school Chevy radiator that's just massive. It's not a swap, but, but effectively parts, for me, right. there's not a lot of – there's probably five B58s on standalone in America. Most of them are, like, MoTeC cars, which are big money. Right. This is a $1,500, $2,000 ECU, not a $10,000 setup.
1: So, you're saying that there's not too many B58s on MoTeX. So the guys who have the fastest ones, they're not.
2: No, no, those are stock ECU guys. Okay. So I'm saying guys... drift cars. A oh, lot of times, drift for like, drift cars. The stock ECU stuff is probably not the best for drifting when you want to strip the body down, get rid God, of all the weight, you. the wiring stuff like that.
1: Okay, so I, I that makes sense. That makes sense. So do you, um, have you ever messed with Motec at all? Or no, no,
2: none of those standalone. Love my pay grade. Really? No, nah, it's just like <laughs> I, I, I do mostly stock. Like, I specialize in stock ECU. Okay. So the thing is, um, I would say this the wrong way. MoTeC is an extremely time consuming thing to learn. <laughs> He's and trying do. to sound all structured. Nah, right no, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. No, but it's true. Motech is a very time consuming thing. Yeah. And to learn and do correctly and do properly, like, because there's so much logic that you can do with it. Taking that out of the equation, you want know, like an AM, a link, any of those things. Okay. I do what most people can't with stock ECUs. You can buy a link. There's instructions, how-to guide. Like, for me to make that run, anyone could have bought a link and put it on B58. With their support, they can make it work. Okay. But to make an E36 run with a turbo is not common. So, like, I do, and also FADM3, like, years ago, like, testing and um, doing different setups. If you, like, have a Chevy, you go buy HP tuners and you plug it in, you're a fucking tuner. They give you all the tables it's way harder for bmws now with like modern things like um aftermarket tuning tools yeah. that have came out anyone can actually now tune your own bmw you can buy a gdm3 right and um, download boot mod boom
1: i have mhd okay so same thing i've used mhd
2: yeah. before i i've tried a lot of different things right but you buy like for diy stuff some are easier and harder but like let's just say you buy like whatever you want to buy okay. one. you set it up you can connect And tune your own car. I'm not saying it's going to work good. But like now you can do that. When I started doing E36s, it wasn't a thing. So I was offering something, even F80s. There was no boot mod. There was no MHD. Like when I single turbo my F80, there was nothing like that. There was no support. There was no one to call. I had to figure out. So I was doing things that no one else could do Mm -hmm. or no one else did do, for example, because now people have done it. So because of that, it allowed, like for me, I'm not just going to be like, let me go tune a Chevy. (laughs) <laughs> like, why would I like, right. It's not to say it's easier to in Chevy. It might take a lot of work. It could take more work than what I'm doing, but it's just something that, like business wise. It's what I stuck to and not everyone could easily hop in and do it. Right. Right. I thought about doing Mercedes. I've done random Mercedes. I've done random Porsche. I've done random McLaren. I've done random cars, like stock ECU stuff. Cause once again, for me to migrate into that, the level of difficulty is not that high.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and also business wise, Once you figure out really good on stock ECU, it's easy to replicate. Right. So, like, it's a good business model, the scalability of it. Like, not to sound like I'm just here to, like, make money. I have (laughs) BMWs because I like them. Yeah. But I like to do things that people can't all do, and I can make money. That's.
1: Yeah, for the the longest time, I've always stayed away from BMWs. And the main reason is not – I know I said before, like, I never liked BMWs, but I think for me it was just because growing up, it was one of those things where it's like – yeah, it's expensive mm-hmm. and i don't know for people always said like oh if you if your car breaks down it's gonna be expensive the same thing with mercedes mm-hmm. yeah so i always stayed away and for the longest time i've just always thought like you know what if i ever wanted to put some mods into a bmw it's probably gonna cost an armor leg mm-hmm. so i always stayed away has it um and the supra no honestly i've just been chilling man
2: It is bmw yeah <laughs> B58, yeah
1: <laughs> it's i just been chilling bro uh-huh. like i had an issue with where i took my car to toyota mm-hmm. they did an oil change and Apparently, when they get a car, a Supra, and they're supposed to do a check because people were having oil starvation issues Mm. on the newer ones. Consumption issues. Consumption, yes. So, um, they were um, ordered to do that. Even if you come in for oil change or anything else, they didn't tell me that. They pulled the spark plugs out, put them back in, and broke one, didn't tell me, Mm. and made it seem like it was my fault because I had a tune in the car. Mm. So, I was driving around. Luckily, uh, Visconti actually was able to figure it out because nobody else could figure it out. There was a tune. And um uh, he put new spark plugs in. And then He said that when you take these out, you're supposed to replace they're them. They're garbage. Yeah.
2: People don't people don't want to hear that. Right. My F80 M3, when I went fast, yeah if I had anything questionable without the car, I take the plugs out, they're garbage. And they're not cheap. How much is like 150 or $180? That yeah, was set. like
1: it was expensive. There, I was like, damn, bro, this is expensive for some spark plugs. Yeah. yeah.
2: There'd be days on the dyno where like me testing things, yeah, two, three, four, five sets, and then I have customers like, Oh, I had a misfire, and I moved the plug, and I'm like, it's all garbage. And people don't want to hear that. Yeah. They're like, but they're brand new. Right. And I'm like, they were, you torque it with a torque wrench. Every car we've ever done gets torque with a torque wrench, the smart plug. And right. then when you're done and they come out, they're garbage. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just because they break very easily. The ceramic so thin mm-hmm. in it. That's what he so said. So when you tighten it, the ceramic breaks very easily. And then the plug can drop. And then if you're lucky, it just moves. Sus. But, and uh, then, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh if you're lucky it moves it doesn't fall into the motor if you're unlucky it can go into the motor <laughs> <laughs> was like, just yeah, like, <laughs> he
1: ch- checked out for a second <laughs> sus um yeah so um you know what it was i, I agree with you because i was kind of tight because any other car i've had like hondas you take the sprock plugs out you're fine you can just yeah and clean them
2: dude clean like, them put them back in
1: yeah you can't i didn't know that so i was like there's no way they could be this spark. I just this car is brand new bro it's got like i don't even know like seventeen thousand 000 miles ahead and I was like, there's no way it's spark plugs. And then he couldn't figure it out. He's like, honestly, bro, that's the only thing I could think of. Mm-hmm. So then pulled them, put them back in. Car was misfiring. I wasn't going over 40. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Like misfiring. I couldn't go over 40. It was like-
2: Thought your shit was blown up. Yeah.
1: That's what they told me. Mm-hmm. I went back to the dealership. He was like, oh, you know, since you have a tune in the car, we can't do anything. You got to get into the motor swap. I was like, bro, are you kidding me? That's crazy. Yeah. All because of an oil change that, you know, turned into a whole spark plug change. So- yeah, but I haven't had any issues, man. I've been chilling. The B58 is a very a very good uh reliable motor. So far, I'm at 60,000 miles.
2: Oh, that's that's a lot of miles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I drive the shit out of the car, um and yeah, I can I can have fun with it if I want, but I'm chilling, man. I'm not no complaints at all so far besides the oil situation. Um it's good. It's solid. I'm trying to see like how it compares to some of the most iconic motors. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the most common one, TJ, right? Uh-huh. That's the most common thing that comes up. So, um, based on the research, there are some things that obviously, you know, Papadakis, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the on Technos car. Yeah. That's one of the people I was thinking, like yes. mentioning of. Yep.
1: Right. So, um, on that, on that car, he's, he's, you know, taking the motor out, built it. He's probably one of the first ones to do it, honestly, at that, at that power level, possibly. Um, but there's a lot of things about that motor that are actually like really good as opposed to like the older BMWs that are like let's say for example an open deck this is a whole closed deck situation um and he mentioned something about some type of plasma coating on the on the cylinder walls do you know anything about that
2: sort of kind of yes it the bad part is that if you have any scuff or any damage right. on the cylinder wall the block is garbage unless you sleeve it
1: right so can you but can you sleeve a b58
2: people do sleeve them okay people sleeve f80 motors i i've never done it Like on, for my G80 motor, which is S58, I bought a spare that I built. Mm -hmm. If I crack an OEM sleeve and like all the data is good and I just think I made too much power, then maybe you look into sleeving it. Before then, they're um, ridiculously beefy. Okay, F80M3, 1,200 wheel horsepower, stock sleeves, no problem. I once scratched one of those walls, though, and I swapped the block out. that's what what you do right behind you you up there i have four fadm3 spare blocks just random like someone spun a crank hub someone broke something someone bent a valve and i would just buy them and collect them right i didn't burn through them all as you see i have too many now to get rid of but yeah it's it's a spray on liner they spray it i want to say like um from factory yeah i want to say it's like something ridiculously thin like four thousands of an inch and then machine out like one to two Mm -hmm. on the home process you're left with like one to two left And it's ridiculously thin, so you can't hone it. You can almost clean it, sort of, Mm -hmm. deglaze it potentially. Right. But if you use the wrong stuff, you're going to have oil consumption issues. Right. So pretty much building a motor that's not blown is really important if you're going to, like, build a B50A motor. Right. Right. Once it's damaged, it's a throwaway. See, that's the only thing. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's that's, You can sleeve it or do whatever you want. I'm not saying it's a bad move. It might be better. I've heard on F80s, I know a few people that sleeved F80 motors, yeah. and they swear that it was better because otherwise you're stuck to buying pistons that you hope match the piston-to-wall clearance. Right. Normally, you hone and bore the motor out to match. Right. So they say you actually get, like, better piston-to-wall clearance. The motor's less clackety, mm-hmm. especially, like, depending on the aftermarket piston you buy, the skirt's thinner or fatter. Right. It's probably, like, a super thin one. It's more clacky because the piston rocks. Yeah. So they say, though, on, like, the steel wall, it's, like, better. But I haven't been there. I haven't tested it spend three f- grand, four grand to sleeve a motor, that's like a questionable thing in my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm good for now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the only reason I bring that up is because I am so, I can only speak from my experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, let's say for Hondas, you know, you can sleeve, mm-hmm. you can sleeve whatever you want, technically. Yeah. You don't have that new, um, that coating
2: that they have. Well, no when the you sleeve too. it doesn't matter. When you sleeve it, you're cutting that off. Super, super easy to cut it off. But if you're can, a machine shop.
1: If you're, right. But then it's like, at that point, like, do you even need to? Because you can make pretty much a lot.
2: Like, I don't think people are having block cracking issues. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's it seems good. But in terms like that versus swapping, because you were saying like swapping that 2J or something.
1: Right. So it's, it's a platform where there's a lot of, um, there's been so many different combinations that have been done already. So it's like, you go to a platform where it's like, even like Honda, you can go to a Honda, get a K20 swap or whatever it is. And don't do that. I'm not saying I'm going to do that, <laughs> but I'm saying like when you look into try to be different, you know, you, you, you want to swap a motor in. like, let's say if you want to do RB 26 mm. into a super, like that's a motor that'd be cool to do. But when it comes to parts, yeah. expenses, support availability, support, America. exactly. So that's what I'm, that's more I'm looking into. Um, now I don't want to be in a situation where I like, let's say for a B 58, right. I don't want to be in a situation where like something goes wrong and then I have to go I have the end of the block or something like that. It's like you know, what I'm uh, saying?
2: probably eight to 10 grand brand new
1: eight to 10 grand because it's so new still.
2: Right. Um, I don't know why it's like that, but <laughs> if you get the right people, you can buy one brand new for like eight to 10 grand and the people online might be like, no, they are 12 or 13. Yeah. If you're in the automotive world and you can find someone that has a good connected BMW, the retail might be 10 to 12. It for might be block? way more. No, I'm talking about head to block. Oh, head to block. Like if you know the right oh, people, my. you can order one through Toyota for that much money which is like it's hard because like if you're gonna build a motor you buy that then you still build it adds up that's my s58 was like eight grand for a spare s58 disassembled what I'm in germany it's They're expensive yeah. but you think a 2j is gonna be cheaper absolutely not no definitely not yeah, i'm yeah.
1: not i'm looking into different platforms yeah um you're really
2: you're really con- uh, considering it at some point
1: people would tell me i'm crazy for doing that because a b58 it's a very good motor how comparable is it to a 2jz okay in terms
2: of power You can say, I want a 3,000 horsepower 2J Mm -hmm. and call Induction Performance on the phone and say, swipe my credit card, and they will swipe, and they will try to achieve that. Even maybe 2,000, 2,500, that recipe for a B58 has not been proven yet. And like you mentioned, Visconti, he's the person selling the motors in the top fastest cars, right? He's one of the guys that are doing the top motors. He might tell you, Oh, for 2,000 horsepower, I can try X, Y, and Z, or I'm fairly confident X, Y, Z will work, but we'll have to see block rigidity. Maybe the block will start cracking. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll have other issues. So I'm not saying it's not possible, but E36 people are going to hate this, but E36 motor compared to a 2J real quick, a 2J is just so much more proven to go so much further. A E36 has more flaws, even though it makes more power and a better power curve. The 2J is just so tested to a higher power level mm-hmm. and like block casting wise, it's more, it's a better block. It's America's the, biggest, the yeah. E36 motor and whatever. I'm an E36 guy. I won't put a 2J in one because mm-hmm. it's good enough for me, but it's not a race car. B58 though, you're going to have so many issues, not just motor wise. The motors are relevant because you make, like you will to make more than a thousand horsepower.
1: Well, with the, what, if you have a 2J, I would want to go for 600. And, and you know like a thousand
2: horsepower is cool.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. That's okay. a lot. Of, that's
2: a lot. It's this, a lot, mind
1: you. This isn't like a daily anymore. Either. Yeah,
2: but a thousand horsepower B58 with a ZF8, so the rear wheel drive auto trends yeah, is beating a stick shift Supra.
1: Absolutely. It just
2: depends on what you want, right? So if you want a stick shift car, drive around a thousand wheels too much, because the power curve is gonna suck. It's gonna be a little bit lazy. You're gonna have. I don't know if you are. You got to be a driver to actually <laughs> shift the car right and stay in boost. Right. Well, you have to have a good clutch set up mm. and some level of being able to shift quickly to stay in boost at a thousand horsepower in a manual car. Right. I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying that an auto car is often going to win. And like depending I on your, the track. Yes.
1: So, well, that's the thing. That's, and like, I'm you, not going. I'm not building a, tr- a, tr- yeah, a
2: track car. Even on, you know? No, on the street. Auto's winning. Oh, 100%. On the street. Yeah. You do two shifts. Right left-hand drive right-hand drive whatever you whatever you want the auto car is so good and it the zf8 with the so many gears and the such close ratio even if you have a lazy power curve you're always in the like your car right now is stock turbo it shifts at seven thousand. it's at 5500 right so you could have the shittiest power curve on a b58 and pending you can get into boost to launch other than that you got a sick car the 2jz in my opinion, is gonna cost so much money for something that's inferior. It's mm-hmm. not inferior because it's the worst motor. Right. It's just inferior because you're losing a lot of OEM controls often. You put an aftermarket right. gauge. Right now, you could buy different things to make it work, but aftermarket gauge. No, I would need a standalone for this yep. whole setup. Yeah. But I'm saying like your gauge cluster probably won't work unless you like standalone. Yep. You like yeah, a, yeah. You need a standalone. Yeah. Is your AC gonna work? Like there's guys doing it. There's one guy right now doing a two J swap in A ninety.
1: Uh, it's already been done Like two years No I know I know But later.
2: I know One guy like, He's doing it right now he's Trying to make AC work It is um, In New in York my, I think he's in I dealt with the guy Many years ago oh, okay, Really really nice guy He has a red Supra and That's him
1: Yeah that's the same guy I, I think he's What's in What's his the, name I don't know But I know who you're talking Fast about Fast something yeah. maybe Yeah yeah Such yeah. a nice guy yeah.
2: He's not tuned by me anymore. I don't even think he likes me But such <laughs> He's just such a nice guy though Um, He is doing it mm-hmm. a, a 2J swap I saw, the, I saw yeah. yesterday I think And it's just cool cuz it's a 2J and a Supra. Right. Past that is really not that cool. Yeah. Like you can just re- you can just put a stick shift in your car right now. Well they
1: may they already make a manual. I know that. Yeah.
2: But like other than the fact to say I have a 2JZ MK5 Supra, right. I don't unless you're like I want 2000 horsepower on a potential platform that's more de- No, on a platform that is more developed, mm-hmm. it's worth it. Past that, it's not um it's not, even the guy Johan that works for Adam LZ, he's doing a two J swap because he got a shell with no motor. He knows two Js. He probably end up with a. He probably got an NA two J. He bought like yeah. to buy that motor package when he's doing all the work himself on his spare time could be cheaper. Right. When you have a running and driving car, it's not cheaper.
1: So the differences between the two, you think that uh, a B fifty would make, be more ideal technically.
2: For the card for depending on your use, if you're trying to drive their car around normal, you can convert it to manual easier mm-hmm. than doing a whole swap. And what you're going to achieve by doing the swap is a worse performing car than the auto with like, especially if you're going to spend 15, 20, 30. I mean, if you're not doing it yourself, I would say 20 plus thousand, right? If someone gives you a $10,000 quote, your car's going to live there at that <laughs> shop for the rest of its life. <laughs> so it's like 20 plus grand, whatever it costs for a worst performing car just to say you have a 2j yeah that's my look on it
1: that's fair i'm I'm really not looking into doing this but
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um i know there are people who get Supras yes. and they're like that's the most common thing people who don't know yeah. about uh cars and you get a supra a a90 or a mark 5 mm-hmm. the most common thing i used to hear when i first got the car was oh, i'm just gonna put a 2j in it and it's like okay i mean it's still pretty early we don't even know where the car is yet but um that's a lot of time and money and it's not really doesn't seem like it'd be a reliable thing now there is somebody in um california who has one pterodactyl Uh, Pterodactyl, Pterodactyl, yeah yeah it's a fire setup amazing looking car sounds great but um i think he was having issues putting the power down because of the the wheel that he had on the on the um on the back of the car i think he can only run like an 11 and a half inch i mean uh, that's pretty big it's big, but his tires, with the way he with the way he has his car set up, stands out. It's just not, you know, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. work. But he did it know? for the cool factor. It looks me no, wrong.
2: If you got it like that, yeah, and you want to buy a Supra to do that, more more power to you. Right, Adam LZ has a four rotor Supra because yeah, he, yeah. he wanted that. Yeah, because he wanted that. Like, other than the fact of doing it because you want to or because you think it's cool, I don't think it will actually be better. Right, I have a B fifty eight on standalone. It's not because it's better right it's just because i want to do something that was a little bit different use my it tailors
1: time. your needs yeah right 100 percent. so can you talk about the differences between the b58 and the s58
2: I motors will, not- i will try to say the differences and then i'll tell you which is best which is not gonna be what you think
1: okay um let's start with, okay so let's start with the comparison so it's uh, clear that way it makes it easier for okay. people to kind of understand so let's start with the b58 mm-hmm. it's Key points, key selling right. points, I guess, from a B58. I
2: don't know. It's going to sound horrible, right? Because I, I know a lot of things, technically. I don't know if it's 82, 84 millimeter bore, bore size differences, right? No, just like But the, they're both like yeah. three liter motors. They're both aluminum block. They're both closed deck. The real main difference is, so there's Gen 1 B58, Gen 2 B58, and now there's like a newer one in the brand new cars. It's a okay. little bit different even. But B58 versus S58 from the factory, one makes 400 horsepower, 300 horsepower, one makes double almost right okay 500 horsepower but block wise i don't see either one having a major problem i know mike body said that the b58 block is also using diesels and they're ridiculously strong ridiculously beefy for me looking at s58 looking at it and inspecting it i don't see why the s58 block would be any weaker okay compared to b58 i think the real issue um goes to the cylinder head this is really the really the difference wait wait
1: so no rods are an issue
2: no, that is an issue. That is an issue. Bare okay. block, bare block, casting, casting. Bear, okay, building casting. it. Okay. Stockwise, okay. Stockwise, okay. stock everyone says that the S fifty eight rods are weaker. Right. And they break easier. I don't want to say that they're wrong, but I also want to say S fifty eight on stock turbos spools up harder than any B fifty eight does. And the reason why is because every B fifty eight puts a single turbo to make that power curve to make seven hundred and fifty wheel. Okay. No b 58 with a pneumatic wastegate, like a, a vacuum-operated wastegate, is spooling and making 700 foot-pounds torque at 3,000, 3,500 RPMs, like the OEM turbos are on a G80 M3.
1: Does a difference in compression matter at all? Uh,
2: in theory, the higher compression could be worse for the rods, but the lower compression motor, the S58, is what everyone says breaks rods more. Right. I think really... Um, what breaks rods is too much torque too early. If that motor makes 700 foot pounds of torque, 750 at 3000. If you can shift that to the right and put a bigger and bigger turbo on it, there is no reason why you can't make 850, 900 wheel on a stock S58 with proper tuning. Okay. Side by side, S58 rods are thinner. They're, they're like a little bit weaker. Everyone says a part number up number references with S, um, 63 the v8 twin turbo car okay a lot of people that say side by side they're technically different part numbers stamped on them i don't know the truth behind that but interesting they they are a thinner rod but in terms of like so yes in theory the s58 will handle less but no b58 is spooling like an s58 and everyone whether you have a gtr that makes 900 horsepower stock motor or a porsche that makes 900 horsepower stock motor nobody is trying to hit low end torque everyone comes in boost slow and smooth and ramps boost up top, right? Pulls timing out down low, pulls boost out down low. So you re- remove some of the hit on it and add in the torque up top. And according to everyone that does crazy stock motor things, like 800 foot pounds of torque yeah. at 7,000 RPMs is way softer on the motor than 700 at 3000. Right. So like, it's all relative on all that. So If they're making 700 foot-pounds torque, 740 at 3,500 RPMs, I don't see why it can't make 900 wheel, 1,000 wheel with a bigger turbo setup. The problem is it's just so good with the factory turbos or twins that it's easier to break the rods. On a B58, Mm. the factory turbo sucks. And then you put better and better one. Well, there's people, I guess, stock turbo make 600 foot-pounds torque, B58, and doesn't break a rod, don't break rods there's really no like turned documented. up to the max yeah there's so,
1: it's usually turbos that go first if anything
2: yeah but stock rods yes s58 rod is weaker than b58 but when i'm talking about the block i'm talking about like um if you were to build it okay the differences. not really stock for stock but yeah stock for stock s58 rods weaker than b58 but when it comes to building it block wise i think they're both stout okay um they both handle big like same head stud part number i'm like 95 percent sure strength wise. Blockwise, I think it's fine. Crank-wise, it's fine. They're not going to break a crank right. from anyone's seen. The real difference between B-58 and S-58, when you want to make a 1,000 horsepower, and you want to build a motor and do it, is in the cylinder head. And the real the reason is S-58, they say, is a 3D-printed partially or 3D-printed cylinder head. But that's not anything I care about, you should care about, you should care about. The real difference is every B-58 that makes 800 horsepower mm-hmm. blows a head gasket at some point every single one yes. with stock and people for years didn't want to talk about this. You have a B 58. Um, like I don't want to call names. They would say my shit's great. My car works great. And then all of a sudden that they, they put out their car and the heads up for sale. And you can see where it's been rewelded, mm-hmm. where it blows out the, the head gasket. Right. S 58, the same area that the B 58 blows out, the coolant port is like half the size. It blows a head gasket into the coolant port area. Right. So in my opinion, the structure of the head is not that good. So under crazy power and crazy load, that's what's deforming. And that's the easiest out for the cylinder pressure. That's why like Visconti yeah. sells a $2,000 head gasket. And I'm not really talking shit by it. Like it is a solution. You right. buy it, you put it in your motor and it stops it from blowing out. Some sort of fire lock S 58 with an O ring and a stock gasket holds a thousand wheel B 58. In my personal opinion does not. And the more you deck the head, the thinner it gets right. by thousands of an inch even and the more chance you have so i think like the stock motors untouched or the ones like someone did a shitty job in their driveway hold yeah. the head off put pistons in it put it back on have less chance of head gasket issues but s58 has a better head for that reason only valve springs like are interchangeable with so many different bmws valve springs um even like for a while people were using a b58 rod in s58 with a custom piston that's why i'm not sure on the deck height thing yeah but yeah. it is possible different i think it's the stroke that's different yeah compared to the bore not right. the height of the deck but which one's better um i'm buying a g80 m3 like i have one right yeah. i've had two over a m340 because of all the amenities you get you can fit bigger tires it's a nice looking car it's more aggressive but like mike body just posted he made a thousand wheel stock b58
1: yeah, he's coming for you, bro. No, no, no. He's <laughs> no, his I'm own kidding. league. I'm kidding. He I'm ain't kidding. I'm he's his own league. <laughs> he's, he's, he's actually trying to. Um, he's going to do big things with that. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: And like that's one of those things. Like people say these will never do that. I don't know if these rods can handle that, like 850 pounds of torque or something that he's making. Yeah. But shifting the power curve over helps dramatically, and that's like a stock open motor. Doesn't have a head gas issue yet. He's probably tuning it in a way to try to keep it um, all happy, mm-hmm. but. This is a better motor, and these are better parts behind it from the factory. Motor-wise, it's not that different. Like, if you're expecting me to say, oh, the motor is horrible, S to the age great, B to the 8, no. The head no, difference – both, they both, They're both proven. Yeah, they're both yeah. good. And no matter which one you do, you're going to want a better head gasket solution mm-hmm. compared to just an O-ring or something. Right. Because if you're going to make 1,000, you want to be faster. You're probably going to make 1,200 yeah. or 1,100. So you're going to want some sort of fire-locking ring that um, – that Visconti cells are like, I have a different style one that I'm putting in my G80 M3 motor, which I think is going to work just as good. I don't right. want to say better because like his shit is proven and my shit's a slightly different. I haven't seen his, but mine's a different design based on people that have messed with it. Yeah. And I think it's going to be as good of a head guess solution as I could come up with okay. for the car. But motor wise, they're not that different. So what about the head studs? Do you think that same? You can, you can take beefy the eight head studs. And put an it S58.
1: No, not, not stock though. I'm saying oh. let's say if you wanted to go for bigger head studs in B58. I don't think that way you can
2: Okay, like I don't think you need a big like if people I don't think the head stud is having an issue with Okay, it. so they don't and lift
1: the head's not lifting off of the block.
2: I don't think the head's lifting. Okay. And here's why, right? When it comes to best BMW motors, like you said what's better, B58, F fifty eight, they're both here, but F eighty M3 S fifty five is here. S55 is a better motor than B58 or S58. Why is and this? Oh no my. one. And then the, here's the <laughs> no one's gonna believe this. The reason why is F80M3 and everyone say like, crank up, crank up, crank up, crank up. Like I get it. F80M3 motor, ARP 2000s from an Evo 10 studs. Like like Evo ARP 2000 and you have 625s which are more expensive, fancier. Like that's all the B58, S58 guys use is mm-hmm. a 800 dollars headset kit, right? Yeah. $300 worth of head studs. No, no L, what is it? L-19s? A same, same thing. Okay. same thing effectively. Okay. Um, there's some to say that they're different ones coded or something, mm-hmm. and maybe technically they're like tiny difference 80 motor with two $300 Evo 10 head studs, right? Okay. Like you buy three Evo 10 kits and you get one half FAD motors worth and an OEM head gasket, 1200 wheel horsepower, never, ever head gasket issue ever. I had zero head gask issues in the life of my car. And there are so many shops out there that have no idea what they're doing with FAD motors and motors in general. Okay. And they put pistons and rods. They're going to like melt a piston because they have no idea what they're doing with cars, but they don't have head gas issues. So like when you look at like the cost of like, what is a better motor? Okay. A crank hub does cost, let's say retail a thousand dollars that you have to do when you're building a motor anyway. It's easier for you and your driveway to drill four holes with a fixture. You really can't mess up, right? Versus having to get a block machine by machine shop to have receiver grooves put into it Mm. for the crazy head gasket. So you're talking about $2,000 head gasket, $800 head suds or $600 head suds versus an OEM head gasket. No O-rings, nothing fancy. And $300 head suds, but a $900 crank hub. What's better? And, like, a lot of people can say there's not that many people out there doing 1,200 horsepower in F80. Yeah. It's so like I'm in a, a uncharted territory. It's because other people aren't there yet. They haven't figured out how to make everything else work in the F80. Right. But motor-wise, if what's a better engine, F80. What is a better car? Not – I'm sorry. S55 is a better engine, but F80 M3 is not the better car. The all-wheel drive system in the other cars are better. Okay. F80 M3 – will never be a B-58 car or an S-58 car. It can't be. The drivetrain kills it. The DCT sucks for launching. Yeah. But like motor-wise, what's the best BMW motor that they've came out with in a long time? S-55. Like what other car? Like B-58 is not even in the category, in my opinion. <laughs> and like, and like well, what's yeah. the best? I was not expecting you to yeah, say that. No one, no one is. Everyone's like <laughs> b 58s S58, S-V-the-best. They've just been given an amazing opportunity. That F80 hasn't. And it being in the Supra also gave it a better opportunity. Because no one would have been doing what they're doing with them. What about the M340 though? Uh, that's B58. Same thing. It's still... Yeah,
1: but it's not in the Supra. What do you mean? Like, it's a B58. It's, um, it's not in the Supra. So, like, let's say if you said it's, it's, it's no, a better opportunity. If Supra,
2: it's, being that it came in the Supra, people went out of their way and pushed it.
1: Well, no, they were pushing M340s before the Supra, no? No.
2: Like, okay, or 340s. I got say, I get, 340s. If there was not... If it did not come in a Supra... I don't know if I'm like talking about fast people. Mike Body would he have bought a, a BMW and pushed it? He was doing STIs and stuff, like making a living, doing other cars. It's because a Supra name brought the people and pushed the platform. My FADM3, I built the car, right? I had issues along the way. I talked okay. to you. Car caught on fire because I rushed before an event and re a spark plug hole. Mm-hmm. And the thing I rethreaded with melted and literally fuel came past it like crazy. But I had an FADM3. Over time, it reset all the records again and again and again. I was by myself. There was no competition. It was like the car would get parked here in the shop where we're sitting for six months collecting dust. Then I'd be, all right, there's an event. I'm going to go do this event. I would go maybe the car would have a launch issue with the DCT that always sucked for launching. Yeah. There was no technology for transmission tunes yet. So it's factory launch control. So it was like always a struggle, right? Either way, the car would like reset 6130 record. It would go. What's, what's the record? uh I reset it. I was the first one to five, first one to four, first one of the three. Sixty one thirty. I went. I want to say three eight seven. Someone now beat me. Mike from Max PSI went. I think three six seven. Okay. Sixty one thirty. And in terms of quarter mile, and he's also talk about people that can beat me. This is draggy runs or draggy. Okay. Sixty one thirty. Talk about people that can beat me. He can beat me. That's like a friend of mine for since I've started tuning. He's a good drag racer. He knows how cars work. That car went one at like 160. My car. Okay. To 2020, I want to say, or 2021, January. Um, two and a half years, no one touched it. Mike from Max PSI trapped higher, but no one's gone faster than one. Someone in Russia put an all, all-wheel drive swaps. They put an <laughs> all-wheel drive swap from some other BMW okay. into the car, and they went .05 faster than me. So, do they have the record? If they do, they have the record. If right. I have the – it's still a swapped – it's not a normal BMW. Like, it's right. not a – BMW comes with DCT. Right. It's like if you take an M340 and put a TH400, you could have a fast M340. But are you really the fastest M340?
1: Well, factory parts, you mean?
2: That's a, sort of kind yeah. of like BMW drivetrain type thing. Versus okay. You make the car all wheel drive. It sort of takes a little nah, bit away from I, it.
1: I, I, I mean – for the car yes
2: is it yeah but in terms like having the fast f80 it's not really the same flex right not the same level of flex so i'm still gonna flex but i'm gonna say this guy did his thing i'm still gonna flex (laughs) but it was it was like a lonely world yeah in the f80 world i was the only like mike from maxpsi went went set a record went like nine three or nine four with like Mm -hmm. upgrade twins once i set the draggy records and figure out the launch and then broke the quarter mile time the car had no use. I literally parted out. Got rid of it. They <laughs> said parted out. I There was, there was, there even now to this day, there's people that like post online fastest here, fastest in Arizona and whatever. Yeah. And like everyone wants to talk about my tuner has the record for 85 with a blue car and like gold wheels or whatever. And it's all like a joke because when you look up the, the highest level of what it is, yeah, that's when someone is able to do the unlimited, like they're able to do whatever they want. Right. Right. So like, on F Supra, would if it was just M three forty, it would be those cars would be a second slower. Something's horrible if there was no Supra, in my opinion. You don't think so? I and, mean, I, I, I
1: do I do I do yeah. agree with you somewhat when mm-hmm. it comes to the B fifty eight. But okay, uh, you, yeah, I guess you kind of have a valid point there because nobody was really breaking records. I guess the same way a body's pushing that car. If it wasn't for yeah. the Supra, I, I do agree. Now he actually is working more on the, on the gen. I think a gen one he has. He's doing all of them. No, he's, yeah, he's doing, doing good all with them. all of them. Yeah. But
2: in my opinion, if it wasn't for the Supra, people wouldn't have pushed the B58s to the same level in the speed they did.
1: Yes. Right. Just because of, of the name itself in the car. People and, don't and, like
2: yeah. Supra people are building and spending more money than the average BMW person. Right. Because they're like, they bought a Supra. A lot of times older dudes, were like i wanted a supra i now bought one i'm in a mod it's very common versus a lot of times the bmw owners no disrespect it's all like people leasing their cars yeah they want to do basic stuff to it i was there at least my fast F8 in the world was a lease
1: my car was leased
2: I just yeah bought it yeah. Out. yeah it's fine yeah
1: i just literally bought it out in august so. so um so if they put a b58 in that car let's say an, M- an m3
2: mm-hmm.
1: nobody would be trying to push the platform just because of the m3 name you like, know what i'm saying
2: no why not Cause like look at the M look at the M3 name right now with the F80 that like people did back then even right now there's probably like ten thousand horsepower F80s and none of them work everyone's like I'm making them for power there's like probably more no not probably I could say guaranteed there's guaranteed more stock motor B58s that went nines than F80s period and that's the F80 okay. name and that car's been out for years longer yeah.
1: Okay, that's a, that's a fair statement. So how do you feel about that statement when it comes to BMWs aren't race cars? Because now you're making it more clear that like just because of the name, people are pushing the B58 platform. But before that, what cars were there that were like proven to be race cars that can compete with American muscle?
2: Nowadays, with where cars are, where BMWs are, having the all-wheel drive BMW is way better than having the American muscle. Because the Super came out and people were like, wow, B50, it's great, even though it is what it is. You need a head guessing and fancy shit to make all this power. But <laughs> it's a great all wheel drive platform that leaves really good and is usable. Okay. If you want to talk about my Chevy, whatever, or what LS. Does he have? Uh, LS, whatever, these rear wheel drive cars that are useless on the street, I don't know about you. How many to- well? How many times have you drag raced your car? At the track. I- not never, not okay. Car. Never zero times, right? I've been there four or five times, right? Okay, you put 60,000 miles on your car. Mm-hmm. Talking about this is not a real race car because the real world, sorry, the all wheel drive BMWs or even your car, the ZF8 HP is sick. The right. way that power that car puts power down is very good, the way an all wheel drive BMW puts power down. That's what I'm driving seven days out of the week. It okay. hooks. To have a car that you want to say, oh, at the drag strip, it does this and that, and I'll race on a prep surface only, all that is like, it's all bullshit. It's just a flex for the internet. <laughs> it is. It's like you having a car that can just throw down on like any road and like I don't street race. Yeah. I am not a street racer. But having a car I can drive the work floor and have it just dead hook from forty to whatever mile per hour is legal to whatever right is that's where it's at for me so to say it's not a race car what is a race car i can take a gutted e36 and go drive around lime rock and say i own a race car and it is more of a race car Mm. than any car in this room but that is not that's not a flex to say it's not you know yeah yes american muscle cars can more easily be made into full-blown drag race cars the answer is yes but the reality is you're not doing that i'm not doing that we have stock transmissions in our cars yeah like you could do that with any car the same way you can buy the th 400 you can buy the whatever transmission you want you can put a solid rear axle on any of these cars but yeah coyotes whatever but like all these (laughs) motors like ls whatever it's easier i guess to make crazy power but it's not just that more people are willing to go to that level the bmw guys aren't doing that but if you look at every single recorded and posted bmw time Mm -hmm. like when when you're in it like me and you see all the times always and the progression yeah and you see like mike from max psi just beat everyone with a lower powered car because he figures out how to launch it figure out how to get to leave like all that you know what the fastest is right and then you have a goal to beat he was the car to beat so like it wasn't like it's like um When you have the fastest of stock turbo and this and that, it's really wishy-washy. Because you'll have the fastest on stock fuel system with only rear seat removed. What the hell? But when you're like the fastest, like right now, G80, who's the fastest? Like, hands down, undisputed. Uh, Merrick. As of the time of this, Merrick and Powerhouse. There's no no confusion of records. Anyone in the world can look it up. Merrick is the fastest. On F80, I hold... I mean, unless all wheel drive guy got me, the ET time I hold, and the mile per hour might beat me by like a mile per hour, too. But like ET, I hold that. So like that's what I'm saying. I know I'm the I know I was the fastest. For like a while, I had not like it's like draggy time, so it's so dumb. But so I had the sixty one thirty record on manual G eighty for mm-hmm. like a year and a half. I had a JB four, which I don't suggest. Port injection, that was it. Yeah. No mods. If I had full 5 yeah. And it had, and like everyone was scared to shift the car, right? No one wanted to just flat foot shift, click a three to four and drive the car. So yeah. you had guys like more mods, more what mod. it was cool. Right. But like at the end of the day, I'm not doing that anymore. My goal is with my goal. My G also is to be the fastest. It is not to be the fastest in any category, just overall.
1: Okay. So you have, you have a twin turbo situation going on back here, yes. right? Yes. Which is very bizarre looking (laughs)
2: uh there was great purpose for it to put the turbos out of the hood and like big flames and shit with fadm3 i spoke about nothing on the car i built the motor i single turboed it the car was down i did all the work myself in my shop at the time we just tuned cars and no mechanical stuff and i worked on the car myself i did everything a friend did the fab work and stuff though i don't do fab and then car worked car made a bunch of power then i posted it okay i look back and I look at other people that just straight talk shit all day, every day online that get so much clout from it and do nothing. All they're doing is like in the BMW world, there's so many shops, just chat, chat, chat about how they're the best, how their tuners the best. And then the reality, if, if the people open their eyes, there's nothing going on there. Their tuner might be good. They might be an okay shop, right. but what makes you the best?
1: Good question. What makes you the best? If your uh, tuner is great. And-
2: if you're, if you're like a tuner or you're a shop, Having hands down fast is undisputed is what makes you. You can easily say, I'm the best at working on these cars currently. You know? Like, who's going to say Merrick sucks? That'd be, like, a little crazy if you're, like, I'm a G8 owner Merrick sucks. You can't do that because he, right now, is the standard. Right. Like, not the standard. It's the highest level. Yeah. So, so the reason – on the F80, I posted nothing, talked about nothing, did a crazy build on it, made a 1,000 plus horsepower, and then um, after posted it, very minimally. I gained X amount of people's awareness unless you're a diehard F80 owner. Yeah. Maybe you didn't see the car. Like it did have an exhaust going out the hood, right. but in a normal picture, it would look pretty normal. Mm. So unless you really like dove into it on the m three, I said, screw this. Everyone wants to say it loud and proud that they're the best. I'm going to not just, um, crush like everyone's hopes and dreams on the G80 platform. I'm going to, have a car set up that attracts everyone's attention. So, whether or not you're searching fastest G80 or crazy G80, I want you to see me. Okay. That's why I did turbos at the hood. They can fit under the hood super easy. Like, that's a really expensive car. But, like, <laughs> people don't realize you buy a spare hood, it's a lot. But if you spend 50, 60, 70, 80,000, $100,000 on a car, $1,000 hood in the grand scheme of things <laughs> is whatever. Right. So, like, there's no hood on it right now, but there is a spare hood that's paint matched and ready to rock and roll. Um, and that's why I did it out of the hood. It's not because it's more efficient. It's not because it's better. It's just for the flex of like when you see me, you're gonna know. Like <laughs> right, like you see the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got a ton of views everywhere, but it's not just for that. It's not to do that and leave a stock motor in it and just be like, my car's crazy. No, it's so that you see that you know me, and then you're gonna know me also when the car
0: By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
1: Very fast.
2: Is it functional though with those two turbos? The car worked totally fine. It made... I think 690 wheel stock motor pump gas, which okay. once again, it's not, I don't want to say it's a highest power on pump. I have no idea. Right. But usually you need like 85 to make 700 plus wheel on those cars.
1: On the S58.
2: Yes. Like stock turbo's 600 wheels. Good. 600 wheel on pump gas is like really good on that. I made almost 700, but that's irrelevant. That was just a test to just see the power curve. Right. Before I tore the motor out. I just wanted a video of it on the dyno. I knew that tearing the motor out, like I dropped the transmission off of pure drivetrain solutions. They're the best. It's like a few day turnaround time. Yeah. I'm not that fast when it comes to the motor ordering the head gasket I need doing all that. So Mm -hmm. like they banged that out for me amazingly, but the weight is on me. Like I ordered a custom head gasket. It was wrong. Ordered another one. Like that's, that was a month and a half right there. Damn. Of, of delay. Right. And that happens with a lot of things when you're building cars. Mm. So It is happening. It is working. Finally, I feel like I see the finish line in sight, like the motors getting there. I just got a part earlier today, but hopefully in the next, let's say like month, I hope to achieve my power goals and the posted power goals, like 1500 crank, like 1350 wheel is my posted power goals. We'll see where I stop. (laughs) I'm not stopping below that though.
1: So you're trying to have the, the, the highest horsepower. I want
2: to have the highest horsepower and the fastest.
1: With this setup right now?
2: With any setup on any one. Like, it's hard to say. My F80, I like didn't want to tear all the interior out. Didn't go crazy. I pulled about 50 pounds hidden out of the car. that mm-hmm. You can't see when you just look at it. Right. And I had two aftermarket front seats in it. Still had a rear seat in it when I went that time. I could have pulled out 100, 150 pounds. Of, I could have pulled out 100 pounds of blind weight. You couldn't see it. But I just didn't think like that. Yeah, I do now. On this car, I'll be doing everything that most people won't be. Like, there's okay. people right now at the track running 890 right. in a G8X, whatever,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the cars have no seats in it, one carbon bucket, carbon fiber doors, shit that like. If you see my, I'm not buying carbon fiber doors, but if you see me, no door panels on my car. Is what it is because I'm not buying carbon fiber doors, you know? (laughs) So, I'm going to just do what most people aren't willing to. Like, I'm going to take a little weight out of the car. Okay. And I'm also going to risk it a little more. I'm going to put turbos that should handle more power. Right. And hopefully, with the many years of doing this and learning, I will be able to put it together in a way that from the start to finish, it will just work. Like My F80, I didn't go through five turbos. I bought one turbo for that car. That was the first Damn. single turbo I bought for that car. And my goal was like a 1, 1,050 wheel When everyone else making 800. I bought a turbo to make 1,200. That same turbo yeah. made 1,200. No problem. No rebuild. That turbo keeps on someone else's car right now. That motor, F, other than my fire situation, yeah. that same bottom end is in someone's car right now. A normal guy, guy named uh, Isaac. He drives a train station. Six shift. Makes 770 wheel horsepower. So like… I have an idea of what it takes from years of tuning people's cars. I right. see the good and the bad and I've learned what's what I surround myself by with uh, smart people, mm-hmm. sometimes smarter than me in certain situations. And because of that, I hope that the setup I'm choosing for this car works.
1: Can you uh, not hope it's not a guess.
2: <laughs>
1: so what is it? A built motor fully built. Yeah.
2: So it's, it's also nothing too crazy. Once, like, we'll see the limits of the block. It's a fancy head gasket, like I was talking about. The, right. The one. Not from Visconti, but some sort of fancy head gasket. Right. Um, more like diesel engines run. Mm-hmm. They run like what's called a hoop or something, and it locks into the head and the block. But with it being aluminum both sides, it's a little bit different design. But it's like a hoop. It can't blow out pretty much. You'll right. melt down the whole motor first before right. you have a head gasket problem. Okay. Good and bad. That um, semi-heavy-duty pistons, semi-heavy-duty rods... Um, heavy-duty wrist pins, non-OEM bearing clearance on the main and the rods, ARP main studs. What else? I think I said uh, 625 like custom-age head studs. Yeah. Um, aftermarket valve springs, mm-hmm. and I did order cams. I okay. did order like um, aftermarket cams. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good or bad they'll be. A lot of people's results seem to be very good. Okay. So I bought cams for it. My F80, though, stock heads, stock cams valve springs like pistons rods crank hub evo 10 head studs valve springs. my f80 this one i'm also not porting the cylinder head because okay. if i melt it down right i can just take another cylinder head and just slap her right on and <sighs> not worry about like retuning lead time for a cylinder head and you just need more boost to make the same power with Right. A stock head versus ported so if you're like a pump gas warrior ported helps if you run eighty-five and you get a big enough map sensor, it doesn't help as much.
1: What What about fueling and with the cams? Because you have the uh, the 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 fuel pumps, the high pressure fuel pumps. Yeah, right? that, so does that does that does does that have any effect when you change your cams out?
2: I hope that the cam manufacturer makes a OEM size driven piece. I hope it's not overdriven or okay. pumps anymore because these cars already have a problem where like if you drive too much direct injection, yeah, the cam hitting the lobe, right. It takes so much force that the cam gets drawn backwards and can't hit the cam timing target on these cars on like high ethanol content. Wow. So like you really need sub- supplemental fueling. So it will have. So I got rid of the factory air to water intake manifold. Mm-hmm. I put a big front mount on the car. You can't see it. I mean, it's in pictures and stuff online. Um, I put a big front mount intercooler on the car and I bought a uh Wagner tuning or Wagner performance. Mm-hmm. Sell so an air to air super manifold I put on my car to run an air-to-air intercooler. No coolant lines, none of that, bringing ice to the track. It will not be as efficient. Right. But I think it's gonna be good enough. I know it's gonna be good enough. It's just like, um, there's certain things I've chosen along the way that are not, some of them are expensive, mm-hmm. like pure. There's potentially cheaper option for trans, but you just want it to work, right? Yeah. I bought you a pure stage three, torque converter, T-case, you pay the man shit works, right? There's certain things on this car that I could have spent five, $6,000 on an intake manifold mm-hmm. with an intercooler built into it. And then bought an ice tank, bought a bigger front mount, in, like a rad eater thingy and spent, let's say seven to 10 grand. I bought a sub $1,000 in, um, intercooler, like a massive treadstone. Yeah. I think it was like 600 bucks, a maybe $1,500 intake manifold and had piping made. So yeah. like, even if I'm down 50 wheel horsepower, I mean, if it's really, really hot day, maybe I'm down a hair more. Right. Um, I have to pick and choose. A lot of people think it's like unlimited money for me. Yeah. And like everyone else, you have to pick and choose right. how you want to get there. So maybe after piping everything, I'm at four grand, five grand. And I think it's a less headache of a setup to do what I did. So like, there's a lot of things like that I do along the build. Right. So I'm trying to be the best.
1: So before we move on to the next, uh, questions or set of questions can we talk about the the fueling because yes. um it was a bit controversial on one stock's episode where he mentioned that he can make 700 on uh-huh. yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah. so can you talk about how much power you can make on a stock b58 high pressure fuel pump
2: a lot of it is based first of it, it's not 700 obviously they commented after saying that like that was 700 with a bunch of meth meth
1: right i think they were saying yes. and
2: like guess that wasn't uh expressed and that is a huge thing you can run 500 horsepower with the meth mm-hmm. potentially but Um, Power-wise, a lot of it depends on ethanol content. I do not know the exact maximum numbers. I'm going to be super honest with you. On G80, I have an idea, but it's not the maximum numbers of the pumps. It's because it draws a cam back that if you target more or run the... Here's the other thing. All these guys... I'm going to give you the wrong answer, but hopefully it, it satisfies the question. A lot of it's based on the tuning. And I don't say that in a good way. I might make 400 horsepower
3: mm-hmm.
2: on a same fuel pump setup. Then the next guy makes 460 horsepower. And you might think like, why Jordan you're the best, <laughs> but, no, <laughs> but you might be like, why are you gonna make less? Maybe the other guy is willing to risk a little bit more and run the car a little bit leaner. Okay. If I'm at 12, two or 12, four air fuel, maybe he's at a 13, two. Right. And then it's like, if you do that, and you pull 10% fuel out, you can run a little bit more boost and get a little bit more power. So like to figure out the limit of the fuel pump, I really think talk like talk to your... T- it's not 700. I don't know if it's 450 or something like that yeah. some sort of ethanol blend, but E20 versus E40, when you're at the limit, is a big difference. The same thing on TU pumps. The No matter what, these cars need often, even on stock turbo, needs supplemental fueling. Okay. So really... G80, you can make... Uh, G80 has two pumps so like you run E40 or something and you can make pretty much max out the turbo B58 you can run E40 probably and do pretty good in the stock turbo Yeah On the Gen 2 pump the TU pump Right But to really make the maximum you need port injection mm. In my opinion so I'm not giving you an exact answer because I don't really know A no, lot no, of That's, that's, a, that's, that's yeah. a fact
1: the port injection thing is definitely a, a fact for sure A that's
2: lot of a what point. I do is like um, from tuning I don't like to guess like a lot of it's like you check, you test, you learn. Mm-hmm. So like, I'd rather just tell you, I don't know exactly. Like saying yeah, like bore, stroke sense. wise, whatever. I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head. Right. I could tell you more technical things, probably better right, right. than the things you could read.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. So what I want to talk about is your 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 content creation, um, like journey, because okay. you hang out with a lot of people who are big YouTubers, right? So you're close friends with Adam LZ um, back when before... Um, I mean, he's always been kind of a big deal, but he's been here a couple of times when you were at the shop on, in, uh, Lindenhurst, correct? Yep. Back and forth when he was doing the, um, I forgot what car he had at the A90 time. A90 Supra. Yes. The Super, the white one, right. That he gave away. Correct? Yep. So, um, can you talk about how you guys are, you know, close and yes. how that's led to all these other yep. opportunities and things you've, you've had?
2: Yeah. Try not to get too deep backwards, but the same, the guy Chelsea Nofi told you about. Yeah. I used to tune his pro FD car in Formula Drift. Like a BMW in Formula Drift. We ran nitrous on it, tried a whole bunch of things. I've stayed friends with him through the years. Okay. That's – he and Adam are friends because they both did BMX. Adam used to be a big BMXer. So, Mm. I guess that maybe Chelsea got him into drifting, I think. So, they became friends. So, when Adam got a Supra, Chelsea told him, hey, hit up Jordan. Ah, okay. For whatever you need for your Supra, he will take care of you. So – I got a blue check mark in my DMs. It was Adam LZ. And it was like, hey, I need help with whatever. What can you do for me? So I just tried to do my best. Right. And that was in like, there was no XHP for the trans. There was no great way to log what the torque channel was of throwing the torque limiter to know it was a trans, like trans limp mode and stuff like that. Right. But that's how we met. And I mean, we became friendly. At first, like, first time I met him, he was down here for a day or two. Second time he was around here, he like, Slept at my house for a day, just like in, <laughs> in passing. Yeah. And then we became friendlier and now I get invited to things with YouTubers. Right. To go do like drifting events and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I met him, I didn't do that. Right. When I met him, I just tuned cars, um, tried building fast BMWs, tuned fast BMWs for customers mm-hmm. and tried building fast BMWs. And then over time, my life has rotated into enjoying drifting. He was already drifting at the time, right? He's been drifting, I think a lot more and then that side of our life's mesh. So like I've gone down there before to hang out and bullshit and drift and I'll connect to his car and do something, whatever to help out. But that's sort of how we met and how we meshed and then from that. I've now been able to do things that like, if you're a drifter and you watch or your person likes YouTube, like you people out there, you don't watch LZ on YouTube. I luckily get to go to a lot of the cool events on almost the other end. Like there's some events I went to the LZ thing in Ireland. Yeah, I didn't post, I posted on my story. I don't even think I posted a picture of it, mm. a video of it. I drove a right hand drive, 350 Z. Changed my life, by the way. (laughs) I'm not a Nissan guy, not a 350Z guy. They sound horrendous. If you have one, keep your stock muffler. But it changed my life because I was like, this is such a basic thing. Yeah. Had some angle kit on it. And I was like, the content side, though, I suck at the content creation side. I think I have good ideas and good things I want to do. And some of it does really good. Like you were mentioning one of them you saw earlier, like a dumb reel, right? Yeah, with the dino. Yeah. Yeah, the dino reel. And then. (laughs) The G eighty, I was like, this is gonna do good and go viral for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that I'm good at in terms of the content side, but for me, I do enjoy it. It does help the business on the back end okay. one way or another. You found me. You said you first heard of me through well, seeing I, my
1: Yeah, yeah. Well I, I met you at when you were at back huh? at, at Mo Shop um, around the time when you were actually tuning his car when when yep. he had the when you first got the Supra. I'm not sure why I went there. I think Mo introduced me to you. Uh-huh. And then we spoke for like an hour uh-huh. about random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, I I saw your 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 logo on yep. 8080's giveaway card. Yep. The first Super, which is the reason why I bought mine.
2: It's just crazy. Yeah, It's crazy it all works around. But like, yeah. so for me, me doing all those things with like them or like Adam LZ right. has to help me one way or another. People see my face. They know who I am more and more. Mm-hmm. I'm not like famous on how popular I am. But like, it's just good to be around. But that was never my intentions with it. I posted a YouTube video before I met him. Yeah. Um, And I was just sucked at it, right? Because you do when you start maybe.
1: (laughs) Your first videos are always like, you know, terrible.
2: They say like post 50 or 100. I'm not there yet. Post 50 or 100. That's a lot lot, though. If you post like two a week or something, you're learning. You do it for a year. You'll hopefully figure shit out. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. (laughs) So I did that. I, I met him side of that. And then... um. I just saw his crazy progression upwards throughout it. And luckily I get to go to all these cool things. Like I, because I do drifting, if I didn't do drifting, I could just show up. I think like I'm good enough friends with him now to just like, I do just show up anyway, half the time, (laughs) but because I do drifting, it makes it more of an easy thing. Right. Like I can just, like I went to Canada to the LZ Canada thing. and like, I went, I drifted, not great driving, but I did, did some driving, (laughs) came home. And that, I think brought us closer together, but not just him. Like I have other friends that do YouTube and stuff because of that end because of the driving. But it's weird how it works. Like I try to do things that progress my business Mm -hmm. and tuning and stuff like that. And marketing, for example, that drifting side was not the intention. (laughs) I always watched it. I bought this yellow E36 behind me six, seven years ago with the intentions of like, Oh, I'm going to drive it. I put an Anglican on it. Never drove the car. Zero street miles. I drove from my old shop here. That's the only time it's ever been driven in like seven years. Wow. And because of the whole drifting and being around everyone with the drifting, I have a purpose for these, for like for that car at least. Mm -hmm. And it is a good time going to hang out with the YouTuber crowd of people. And it's not because, I'm not gonna say like, these are are the coolest people in the world. Or the, like they're not, I'm not saying this is the coolest guy I've ever met. It's more so a fact of They do things that are different. Like me to go to Japan. Like you spoke about. That's dope. I went to Japan in, in April, maybe ish. I don't know. Whatever. Like six months ago. And now to go to Japan two times in a year to go drifting with people and just hang out is a wild thing to do once in your lifetime. Let alone. I am lucky enough to be at a point where I can do that and keep my customers happy and try to manage it all. Right. So that's the whole, that's how I got into the, the YouTuber thing of hanging out with them and I could post more and the people probably want to see more like people. If they like me and they enjoy me, they probably want to see more. And I probably could do more, but it's a balance. I like right. to enjoy myself, enjoy my life. I see the great stuff that they deal with. And I see the struggles at the same time of like, I need to capture this moment. Yeah. But the bigger YouTubers are better at it. You don't see them on their phone. Like they're not recording the whole time at all. They're oh, because recording. they
1: know what moments to catch. They're, they know what they have to record. Yeah. Or right. like,
2: oh damn, you know what? This guy's wheel just fell off. Look at this guy. Like you might you might see little clips like that, but
1: it's not forced.
2: It's yeah. A lot of people when you first try recording for YouTube, you're, you're recording, recording everything. Hours. Yeah, you're and recording you everything. You're doing. Yeah. I'm not that good, but I'm good enough that like if I'm recording it and I'm editing it or who's ever editing it, there is mi- like I'm recording what I want to talk about. And then a little B roll and then that's it. I try not to sit there for hours.
1: Yeah, no, it's tough. Yeah, you're right though, because um we so me and my girlfriend we we um we go to this other YouTube couple that we have. They're actually our friends now. So sim- similar, it's like Adams. Big YouTubers. Yes. Big YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have like a, over a million subs. Um, but they're they're a couple, so they have they pretty much post everything. Mm-hmm. But when we're with them, it's like when they're vlogging, they know what to record. And I've I've been filming for like eight years, and for me, it's so hard to vlog because it's like, should I get this? Should I record this? I don't know. I Maybe mean, you know what? Let me just record it. And then when I get home, like what like mm-hmm. what did I record? Just like me talking about yep. random shit so um they know what to record and it's almost like did you guys even get enough to film yep. and then when they put the videos out it's like yep. oh shit they did like they actually because three used... minutes
2: five times yeah it's 15 <laughs> minutes and you're like there's no way right but i've been with adam for work has car of the dyno. he'll record a few minutes like he's 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 a good youtuber i'd hope
1: he's got so many he's got so much content now he's he should know in the ins and outs of yeah it, like
2: right? we'll dino for a while and he's like yo like it's good to dyno every pull. God, but something catastrophic happens, yeah. And there has been times where hell of his video guys like literally Prince put the camera on and record, right, and then like stop it if something bad happens. You know, whatever. Yeah. But most of the time, it's like we're, we're gonna chat as I'm doing it, or whatever. Show a dyno pull or two, and then like we just work. Right, the same thing with him. He's a good YouTuber because he's been doing it.
1: Yeah, he's been doing it for so long. Um, he's one of those OGs. I don't even know how how long he's been doing it. But um, do do you think that like aside from that, is there any other like? tips that you have picked up from them or any strategies that can help your business or any way or you know when it comes to creating content or even just um here in general
2: not necessarily but it's very interesting i always like to talk to people about business even if it doesn't help me in any way right to see what other people are doing how good they're doing it um not to see like what they could be doing better but i always just like to see like i'm always progr- i try to always progress in my life okay and it's not a it's not a straight line it's like stairs like you do a lot and you feel like you got nowhere or whatever like and then it's always progression so i love seeing different people i do talk to different people like him and other people sometimes about like i i ask people for their opinion on different things but Mm -hmm. it is cool to see different people's progression over time right and how good or bad they're doing it because i have like different levels of friends and like some people like struggle to get ahead i do too i don't know about you but like you're right now like I'm on your podcast, you're on the <laughs> growth, you're doing good. Right. But like, yeah. I don't know how you feel, but like there's times where like you have to figure out what, um, how to progress and go forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I what you said is exactly what I go through. Um, literally like every, every single person, whether they're, uh, you know, in my niche of, of business or content, I always try to learn something from everybody. So when we go to, um, Trisha and Cam, that's the couple that, um, I film their videos for sometimes they have, certain things that they do, because as a YouTube creator, you only get paid once a month. So you have to branch out and do other things, whether it's merch, whether it's sponsorships, so you have to find those different ways to bring income because you don't want to do all this for free. You have to pay overhead equipment. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm in that phase where I'm trying to learn. Mm -hmm. This is, this is new to me, like doing this, getting paid once a month. Yeah. And it's not, it's not the money that people think you can have four or 5 million views and it doesn't mean that you're going to get paid enough. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's all subjective also, but no, I agree. It doesn't matter who I'm around. I always try to learn something from everybody.
2: Same. I love it. Yeah. Something I look at also is like, there's people with less followers that are great at, I don't want to say, I don't say getting money at people. I think a better way to say it is like, if you watch, not me particularly, but if you're a YouTuber and you watch, if you're watching a YouTuber and you love what they do and you think they're genuine or they're amusing, like Mm -hmm. I bought a Wilson diesel t-shirt (laughs) because he's the fucking best right right. i don't know him i never spoke to him if i went up to him i wouldn't go up to him in person because like it's awkward on the other end right but like i like what he does so i bought it same thing like if you're a youtuber someone likes you right they like your podcast they will buy something to support you
1: oh no i i I mean i haven't sold anything yet well actually you guys should cop the merch merch coming soon by the way as you guys can see but yeah i I agree people
2: will support you people shameless if it's good merch and I have like nothing on the worst, but no, it's good. <laughs> if people, if people like you, they will support you. And that's something that I've sort of learned. Like there are certain people that capitalize on it really, really amazing. And they're not doing it to be shitty. Right. Like if, if people didn't want it, they wouldn't sell it. Like right. they come out with a design and then they sell X amount of pieces. It's because people want it. You're right. not forcing anyone to buy it. So it's like, I don't want to say I don't do the good. Sh- I only do the good Seamus plug. Like while I'm doing a giveaway and mm-hmm. I'm like, yo. New merch coming out, X, Y, and Z, right. buy some shit. Other than that, I do have people working on things, designs. I don't push it that hard on people, Right. but there is people that would buy it if it was more easily accessible, I think. Same thing 100%. for you. Like, people want, no, no, but if it gets there, right? Yeah, people want yet. that, in my opinion. People want to support it. People like wearing, people wear car stuff all the time. Yeah. One of my employees right now, different brand car shirt all the time. He just watches people on youtube likes it i'll buy a $30 $40 t-shirt no problem click right so i think that's something i try to learn that's one of the main things the past six months i've asked big youtubers um in terms of not help with but like um brand deals and stuff like that
1: that's tough man i'm going through the same thing you're going through bro. i don't ask i've
2: i've never um i've never i don't really have any deals i've gotten random companies that give me deals on things yeah like hey which is amazing it's better than the average person Mm -hmm. but like um i spend a lot of money it's not good but like people looked at (laughs) people looked at my people looked at it's not good it's not good (laughs) god bless my accountant he's like yo jordan i have your bank account login what are you doing i was like yo the bills got paid this month right but (laughs) <laughs> my employees to see us not be happy. They, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, like my f m three. Yeah, I went through twenty grand in clutches, dual Damn. clutches. Like I paid That's clutches. Dotson at the end hooked me up because they liked what I was doing and mm-hmm. they gave me a crazy deal. I still paid them some amount of money. Yeah, but like their shit. I whatever issue I had, they cover. If it was an issue with the product, they covered it. Best brand I've ever. Like top brands I have worked with. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, DCT's shit. It's compared for drag racing. It's yeah. just not it. Right. But like I've learned um, in terms of brand deal wise, um, I don't know what you'll do. Maybe your end's different. What I've just learned sort of is I only want to work with people that I believe in that believe in me. Mm. Like if I want to buy something from you and you're not a big company or whatever, but I believe in you, Yeah, I'm buying it. So it's like, that's something I've learned, but I've tried to talk to YouTubers and content creators about like, how do you get this deal? Because like if it's, Worth it for me to do that FADM3? Yeah. Would it be worth it for your, not you, but would it be worth it for your brand to be on that car or be involved to some extent? Like, what is this worth it for you? And I've had two conversations on that car with two different major companies. Okay. Like content, like you asked about content creation wise. I think this is the same avenue. No, hundred percent. And, um, one was, uh, super disrespectful, I would say, and rude the entire time. And like, Not like we don't need you. I I came to him. I said, I have enough money. I make enough money to do this. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be a part of it though? You guys suck at marketing. You post nothing, but you have a good product. Right. Right. Is it the best? It's arguative. Like what's the best? Once again, I talked to another company and they were like, we love what you're like right off the rip. They're like, we love what you're doing. We wish we were part of your F80. We want to be a part of this car. Okay. So like right off the rip, what are you choosing? Um, if it depends. You're going to choose the money? Like if, 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 it depends. If, okay, okay, sti- for, it
1: depends on the stipulations of what, what they need me to do.
2: Understood. For me, like just me morally, if I got $0 from the people that like me mm-hmm. versus at the end, once these other people soar, oh, my car is doing really good on social media. It's getting a lot of views. It's going to do great for attention. Right. And they're going to realize, damn, the F80 did numbers. This is going to put up numbers. Their money is no longer good for me. Right. Like the first brand brand two, they could give me $0 right now and I'm with it. The end result will be the same. Right. In my opinion, I can make anything work. Um, and I have not came to a dollar amount. I haven't even, I, I talked to them and they were with it. They're like, we, we love what you're doing. We would love to support you in some way. they didn't say any dollar amounts or anything, but mm-hmm. like I think for you you'll get you'll get there like people oh i mean we'll we'll see yeah, people like like to see car talk right that's why you're here I'm a car guy, you're a car guy at yeah, the end yeah. of the day
1: no hundred percent i i I agree with what you're saying i just um I think I'm just more focused on i, I feel like you have to cut learn how to grow your own your own brand before mm-hmm. you can i guess work with other brands in that sense mm-hmm. because if they want you to do certain things then you have to, like, let's say if I said, I'm going to give away a car right now, Mm. Uh, the chances of that happening are probably, like, slim because I don't really have the platform to push that. Now, if I said, hey, I'll give you, uh, if you guys buy my merch, Mm. you guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, how you do your giveaways, pretty much how everyone's doing it, then it makes more sense because then you're known for, you know, um, like, giving incentives for a car or something like that. Yeah,
2: So, and that's a whole different... Like it's a whole different, it's a whole different business, like but so hard. it
1: is difficult from what I hear. But then again, it's like a lot of people think that just because they have a hundred thousand followers that they can just go do giveaways or yeah. they can do all these things. And it's not really easy. I've had this conversation before, um, on a episode, cause he's really good at doing giveaways. Um, but he's just become known for that now. Yes. You know? So it's, it's, it's he's one of those things for so long, right? Right, so for somebody just to to get on the platform and say, "Hey, I have 150,000 followers or 200,000 followers, I'm giving away a a car." It's like okay, but there's no. It's like there's no credibility there, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, how do I know I'm going to get my car?
2: Mm-hmm. Are you a shop? Where's this car yeah. coming from? I still get it. Yeah, I've been tuning people's cars for money <laughs> as a business for like ten years. Did a giveaway and there's still people. It's like, always it not people, real, yeah. which, which is fine. But right. at the end of the day, it's a, it's another thing. Like it's another learning experience. Mm-hmm. It's another potential business venture. Right. And something I try. And like people think like I've had comments, like you're making 120 grand, 100, 200 grand on the car. Yeah. Doesn't work like that. I made money out of three giveaways. I made money like passed <laughs> on one so far. And everyone, like there might be people that don't believe that. Yeah. And like, it is what it is. It is a, to do it the right way and legally it is very hard to do it like that and really, really do great. Right. But same thing. It's sort of hard, but it's like one of the things that I make enough money in like RK tunes, like tuning cars and selling parts, like my branded intakes, which is like what works for me yeah. that like I'm willing to take that venture and learn it a little bit. Right. I'm not like, like going to go bankrupt off giveaways, you know, like right. I bought a G80. I want to do development on it. I did. I built intakes off it. I gave away the car. If I took a little L, it's as horrible as it sounds it i was gonna go get an all-wheel drive anyone when anyway right i took a more, like a probably a little bit more of an l mm-hmm. on the giveaway than just trading it in then it's like you you win some you lose some and you learn over right. time right no, no yeah
1: I, I agree i agree with what you're saying but
2: yeah brand deals content creation all that stuff is um something i'm learning still
1: yeah it's a new space i feel like there's going to be a lot more um podcasts that come out, of course, because we're in that we're in that kind of uh, phase of content creation. But I think that um, I think it's going to be harder for people to brand themselves just because even with this style of content, I'm interviewing people. So I have to still be a personality somehow, Mm -hmm. because the only views that come in most of the time are for for the guest, of course. Right. So for me, I already have my own brand, but I kind of neglected that because I've been so focused on this one. So now when it comes time for me to actually sell something or do something it's 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 a difficult thing because i haven't been on that other platform for myself understood know? so it's tough it's like a balance like you said you have to have some type of balance in order for you to be able to make this a long-term thing when it comes to having money coming in or mm-hmm. working with brands and i think that people um haven't got there yet when it comes to this podcasting mm-hmm. stuff they don't know you know you may have a podcast but you have to be somebody at that point to get the views to the podcast. So it's difficult. I started from zero with this. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to see how it goes. And hopefully we can. Oh, it's going running.
2: somewhere. What? It's going somewhere. It seems like. Oh, yeah. The it's po- yeah, it's, 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 it's getting there.
1: It's getting there. I, I try to focus on, on, you know, that kind of stuff. I just try to make sure that uh, the people who are watching are satisfied, which I can't satisfy anybody and please everybody. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm being as selfless as possible. You know, so I'm just putting all my time and effort into this and hopefully it pays off in the end. And if it doesn't, then um, I can say <laughs> I, I try, you know.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of it like in terms of like having the satisfaction of like people being happy or not. Yeah, a lot of it is there might be 100 people. There's gonna be more 100 people watching this, but if you like people are gonna watch it, I might watch a video and be like, damn, that was good. Or I enjoyed that and just right. click off. <laughs> Everyone should go comment and like if you like me right now and be like, damn, I'm happy Jordan's on podcast. But like shit like that makes a difference. And today when people just talk shit down yeah. below it's nice to get positive things so hopefully some people do some things <laughs> is there <But> like, any <laughs> i don't know i don't know a nicer way to say that no but like yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying like otherwise it's like you get these people just talking shit in the comments right but that's just the nature of what you are but if 100 people or if ten thousand or thirty thousand people watch it and that stay watching your duration time like yeah then you know people are enjoying it right i mean you're here you're growing so people like it i've seen it i've seen the little good cut clips and i'm here <laughs> you know i'm locked in
1: no, I, I appreciate it. I'm. Um, I mean, I'm. I think it was. Um, it was. I had to. It only makes sense to be here and kind of interview. Um, mm-hmm. You were on the list. I had. I had a list. Actually, I haven't even looked at that list in a while. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people that are on the top of that list, I've already interviewed. Mm-hmm. So there's bigger people. Like there's other content creators, um, which we could talk about offline. That you yeah. Know, that I've I've always watched. And that's the cool thing about this is I I get to interview people that you know. I've heard of that. I've never had a reason to go to their shop because I didn't have that car, but I know they do great work. So, and you were one of them. I mean, we've been in contact throughout the years. You don't even remember who I am, which is cool, but I wasn't expecting (laughs) expecting that. No, it's cool. It's cool. I feel very bad, but like I meet so many people. Yeah. No, it's It's cool. It's cool. I, I w it wasn't enough. Like I didn't have my car here Mm -hmm. for you to work Mm -hmm. on. So you to be like, Oh, that's Tukes. You know, Mm
2: -hmm. the balance of making people happy is hard. Right. The same thing like you. You might get a bad comment, but 100 people happy. I might sell 100 tunes and then in X time frame, and then some guy's talking shit online like I killed, like I did the worst thing in the world. To him. You know, but it's like people often don't always see all the full spectrum of it. Yeah. Like you see the bad guys talking online, right. you don't see the customers that are happy. And if you're not happy, I'm a nice guy. You can get refunded right. straight up. No, 100%. It's easy.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's one of the things that. Um, a lot of people have issues with now, I think with a lot of shops and maybe not even only New York, but for the most part, growing up, going to shops, there's always been, Oh, this shop does that. This shop does that. And, and, and most spoke about that on the last, uh, episode, but it's the truth. Like the gossip, the shop talk, it's, it's become, uh, like a common thing in most shops. So I think that as a shop owner, um, the best thing you can do, like most said, is to, you know, make sure your customers are happy. And that's the same thing I'm trying to do here is to make sure everybody's happy. But is that something that you feel um, you worry about or you come across when it comes to building or having a shop on Long Island? Is people putting you down? Yes yeah, so, or no. Um,
2: so I'll give you, I think, the best uh, shop comparison. I sell tunes to people all over the world. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mostly in America, but there's people like right now. I did a Z3 in Mexico. As random as that is, I do guys in China everywhere. But in America, it seems like a lot of what you get is there's different ends of shops. Some shops just do intake, exhaust, tune. Right. They're just putting a different tune on the car. Right. And that's fine. Then there's shops like Mo, trying to build race cars. Right. Like he's his car makes 12 or 1,300 horsepower. He's not trying to build everyone a race car, right? But then there's other shops. There's like, um, there's lower level and there's higher level than him. Like you have UGR performance Mm -hmm. who you could look at as in theory, the standard of hurricanes and shit at the end of the day, you need to be as a customer as like, um, you can't just trust your shop to be the best. If your shop does Chevy's all day and they do 800 horsepower Chevy's all day and all customers are really happy. Go there with your Chevy, right? Like, don't go to, uh, your, that part of the problem is like shops, their goal is to make money, a shops, a business to make money. right? And a lot of times what happens is shops worry more about making money than making customers happy. They're like, they want to make you happy, mm-hmm. but they also make money. So it's a very hard balance, right? Me. At the end of the day, I've stopped working on customers' cars. I'm a shop on Long Island, and the shop effectively is a warehouse. Okay. And I have a mechanic for myself mm. to work on my own cars. It is not to work on a single customer car
1: anymore. Though.
2: Anymore. Right. But I did do it. And the problem that I had was dealing with shops like other shops will lie to you and tell you, we'll cut, we'll do a better deal, we'll do this, we'll do that. Or they'll tell you, don't go to Jordan. We get tuned by a different guy. He's better. And we can go back to what's better. Right. Cause if I have the fast F80 and they want to tell you that this guy's F80s tune is better. Yeah. It's probably not better, but they want your money. Me. You want to go elsewhere. I never cared. Right. It doesn't matter. It's like my primary income is tuning cars online, remote tunes. And mm-hmm. then now selling my RK tunes branded intakes um, that we designed based on years plus of dyno testing cars, seeing what worked. Right. I figured out what works made a, intake that doesn't have an M tax and stuff, but all these other shops want your money. So I've had so many shops that like I deal with, I'm cool with the owners. And I hear the things that come through, like don't go to him, come to us. Why if you're a customer okay. and you're local, why are you going to go to whatever other shop and have them do the work just to come get me to tune your car anyway? They're going to, the shop is going to be like, don't have him tune the car. Cause the problem is if they tell you to come to me, to get the car tuned, you're going to say, why am I coming to you at all? I'm just going go yeah, to just go to Jordan to get yeah. everything done. That was a big issue of drama that I had with tuning cars. Mm. And that was like my biggest problem. But yeah. I have enough. I have enough business because of how I present myself online, how I sell tunes online that like I don't fight for the in-person stuff and most in-person stuff, everyone's fighting to the bottom a lot right. of the time. These shops want to out underbid each other, underperform. Right. And then all of a sudden your bills double. Your bills got shit added on. They miscalculated things. It's a very hard balance being a shop owner. Like I give credit to like the top tier people yeah. out there that do it and do it properly, like owning a shop and running it. Shops, like it's a, it's a hard business. I tried being like shop foreman, technically running a yeah. shop here. I had three full-time mechanics and a helper Damn. like working on people's cars, but um, it's a very hard balance. It's very easy to lose hours. Like if I told you I had 200 plus hours into my yellow car, You might be like, damn, 200 (laughs) times 150 is a wild amount of money, right? Like people would be like, I would never spend that. That's fine. But maybe like if you got a quote from a shop that didn't do that normally, they might tell you, oh, it's like 10 grand labor, I think, right? Yeah. Your car lives there now. Your car's a lawn ornament at that shop, Mm. right? So it's like, or the other end, they... Miscalculated, and now it's not ten grand; it's sixty thousand at the end of the day. So, like you figuring out the shop for what you want is really, really important, right? And in terms of getting scammed at shops, it's gonna happen. Like not by me. I'd rather be honest and take like an L or something. But it got to the point where, like, me competing with other shops wasn't towards my goal. I'd rather have, for me, I'd rather have twenty happy tune customers that I emailed back that day with a revision or whatever the case may be. First, one guy. Yo, it's my old chain son. My old chain son. My old chain son. <laughs> it ain't worth it, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. like I had so I've had so many wonderful customers that I really really like to this day. If I see them, I really really like them. But the the being a shop owner and what the customer wants or deserves, the problem is customers sometimes you think are like rude or de- they think that they deserve more. Yeah, and it's not. I don't really think it's a customer being the problem. It's they've had shit experiences or heard of shit experiences with all these shops.
1: I agree. I, I agree with that. I'm, I I've been through the same thing, so mm. I'm just speaking from a customer standpoint. Mm. That when you have that like um, bad experience, you automatically think like every shop's a scam. Or for example, car dealerships i already know uh, i also
2: do not like dealing with car dealerships
1: do you i already know i don't like it i I hate it but every time like you know if my girl was to buy a car and we were she was going to the dealership i'm there yep same 100
2: and like, even then they're trying to i went to the dealership the other day yeah the lady was so nice but she's trying to hype me up on some car and i was like do you know what i drove here <laughs> you, today they have no you know clue they think they're like messing like they you Yeah. they're like oh this is a it was like saying like you have an x4m40i and it's an x4m it's not a, it was not what it was but it's not x4m lady <laughs> i know i've had multiple M, i have five m3s right now you know what i'm saying don't don't talk to me
1: it's funny if you like don't, if they don't even know she that you can kind of me. mess around with the them.
2: other people someone else there like knew me i went through a friend but the guy wasn't wasn't available or whatever yeah but i want i, I don't i'm too nice <laughs> like i'm a dick online tonight it's like i'm a dick in person but i'm not gonna tell say yo you don't know what i have blah blah and like whatever so car dealers bro bad and it's not because they're all scammers but their business is to make money
1: same with same same, same, same with shops it. yeah and yeah.
2: some people want you to have the best experience possible like alpha induction performance mm-hmm. i don't know how much that shit costs to go there <laughs> if they charge double the next guy i guarantee they could charge the same as next guy yeah but like i'm going there for my car because I know the service I'm getting is going to be what they told me. They, if, and then we'll turn this into one other thing, but if you're a, so here's, here's my, the other end of this, I am a tuner, right? If I put my backpack on and tune a car at a different shop, right? One car here, one car there, six months, a year, two years later, I've seen a lot of different shops. I've gone across the country. I've tuned a lot of cars. What you learn is one shop, right? When something fails, they're going to call you. Oh, yeah. You remember that car we did X amount of time ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fucking wastegate line burst, right? And you're like, wastegate line burst? That's crazy. Which one was it? And they're like, I use this. And we get, we get I don't want to say who it is. My friend used it like a push lock hose. And I told him, don't do that shit. It's not going to last long term, whatever, right? For right now, dyno, hit, is okay, right? That tuner now is like, oh, damn, maybe that's not a great idea, right? And then another customer hits him up. Remember that car you tuned? Shit blew up. Why? Dude, this wastegate line burst. Or dude, the the gas tank and the the fuel hose in the tank leaked. Or you're the tuner diagnosing the car. Why is that bad fuel pressure? You're like, damn, this hose burst in the tank. Second car, hose burst. All of a sudden, a shop could build 10 cars the same way and on the seventh car have a problem and change their way. If you're one tuner and you tune all these cars for this shop, cars for the next shop, cars for the next shop, you're. what I'm saying at the end is this: trust your tuner because your tuner is the guy that's seen the most. Your shop is probably wrong. If a tuner is good and your tuner says, yo, you need to do a boost leak test, you probably have a boost leak, Your sh- make sure your shop boost leak tests it. Yeah. I have shops like, yo, it's good. And I reply back, did you do a boost leak test? Send. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> but you have to trust your tuner not your shop right and if you should almost find your tuner first and then find the shop that they send you to is my opinion if they have one and if not they just have to have a shop that can communicate but like dealing with the shops and shit especially like i do say just new york everywhere there's so many shops that under that under offer things or underperform yeah but the tuners the other end i'm not saying like every tuner's great every tuner is wonderful right but like Even me, I've seen so much. So I have cars come here, and I'm like, yo, you shouldn't do this like this. And they're like, why? And in my head, I'm like, I don't know what car it was that broke. Yeah. But this shit's – like me, every fuel pump I do has a certain brand hose in the tank. I do not play games. Okay. I do not care. It looks like, oh, yeah, it's like a PTFE hose. And I won't use any brand, and I won't use the dark ones. Like There's like a black or brown color ones. Mm -hmm. I've seen them burst. I only use clear ones. And it's a brand thing. Okay. So one brand's black one could be better than the other. I've just seen too many of the black ones from right. different fuel pump manufacturers burst. So like I use one thing and that's something I learned. So when a car comes here and your shop did it and you're a builder, maybe you didn't do that. Right. So it's like, if you ask me the suggestions and I tell you, your tuner tells you your tuners probably seen more. Like I've done my tune is on hundreds, if not a thousand turbo 36 36s in America. Like just statistically of how many maps I've ordered over the past X amount of time. Yeah. Um, if it's like, it's like a wild amount when you add it up. And I've done, I've sent out, is not custom dyno tunes or whatever, but thousands of tunes. Okay. For different BMWs. So like, I've seen some shit. Yeah. If you're one shop that only does E46s, then you do E36, you might not see the problem. So if there is a problem you talk to your tuner and he's like, hey, check this. There's probably a reason if he's good. If he's new, and he's in like the learning stages, maybe not so much.
1: So basically listen to your tuners.
2: Yeah. And the tuners really job is not even the tuners. Real job is not to tune cars. A tuner's real job is to diagnose your issues. And a tuner is my, there's gonna be tuners. Maybe like, don't say that's my job. Cause it's not my job. That's my job. When I put a car in the dyno, I'm not sitting there like, okay, I got to add fuel and do this and do that. No, my job is like, okay. Did they do a good job on the fuel pump fuel pressure seems good do mm. a pull fuel pressure still seems good okay cool is the like check the day right. my job is to diagnose your car and make sure it's good to the best of my ability there's times i know many tuners that i even had a car once it kept going lean and ended up damaging a piston but i didn't blindly hit it i was like doing a pull and as the air fuel trended started trending lean we'd back it down right and we changed fuel pump regulator. I think one of the fuel lines in the car was crushed, like like damaged somewhere. Yeah. It's a 20, 30-year-old car now, and it was going to lean up top. Fuel pressure was crashing. Right. That one didn't get saved in time. Mm. Heard a piston on an E36. Talking right. about years, like right. shitty things. The guy wasn't mad. I told the guy, your car is doing this, but like with the exceptional that, you know, but situation I told him, this can happen if I keep testing this and trying this your tuner is really diagnosing your good and bad of the car at the end of the day and the tune is only as good as the mechanics of the car
1: that's true i mean
2: yeah that's true like a fuel pump hose rips yeah i don't care what ecu you have i don't care how fast it is it can only typically do so much right fuel trim so much add enough injector like there's only so much a lot of these things can do so the mechanical is the best mechanical is the most important part of the car the tuner jobs I know.
1: So there's no issues with tuners when it comes to like them, you know, not getting in contact with you or.
2: Oh, that is a thing. Like, like okay. it's if, if I'm away and I have poor time management, I try mm-hmm. to be really good. Like, yeah. I do try to be good, and there will be people down below. Now that I say this, talking shit. I bought a tune, and he took so long. Whatever. Um, in the past many years of my life, I've learned a very good way of handling it. I have a ticket system that is all in order. Okay. Your email does not get missed. It has to be closed out. You can't read an email. It doesn't disappear. It's like for me, I've learned that's what I need to handle every customer's order. Right. I have a ticket system. I go in order. Could I be behind sometimes? Yes. Could I hit you in an hour sometimes? Absolutely. But like I have a wait time on my website depending on how busy we are. Mm -hmm. I have a wait time in my automated reply email telling you how long to wait. Right. It says, please do not reply for no reason because you're going to slow yourself down. Like it's all there. Yeah. But like if someone's unhappy with me and I took too long, I will give you a refund. If someone's going to say, well, 10 years ago, you didn't do that. My bad, bro. I'm learning. (laughs) I'm still learning. Yeah. But that's, yeah. So that happens. Some tuners suck. I think if you're waiting like forever for a tune and you're not happy and you ask for a refund and they won't give it. I mean, it's a problem. If you're on like revision 15 and you're just like, you know, like there's a level of like revisions on and etiquette and stuff like that. But I think if it's like first file revision or two in and the guy's saying forever and you're unhappy, I think you should get, you should be entitled to a refund. Right. But it goes both ways. There's people that will hit me up seven years later. Hey, man, you to my car seven years ago. <laughs> Literally. I mean, very serious. I made my first website when I was 21 years old. So 12 years ago. Yeah. I have people that bought out like 10 year old tunes, like need revisions. And now I charge for that. Up until two years ago, I would do it no charge. Adjust it for them whatever but like yeah. there's an etiquette on both ends right i have things change software changes tunings changes like the features now on like f80s that, that these companies like boom mod or whatever mm-hmm. add into these ecu's they weren't there a few years ago so if you want a new tune and you want your car redone i gotta make you a new tune it's not i did your tune and a month later you need something tweaked it's five years later you change your turbo you got to buy a new tune because a platform I use could be changed. Right. The software changed, the logic changed and like your old tunes garbage
1: now. Right. You've uh, adjusted your, your business to cater technically towards the customer because of the people that were complaining that you were taking a lot. Yeah, of yeah. And it has happened. And yeah. there is people that have complained. I mean, nobody's perfect. of yeah, course. Yeah. People always, you know, I, I, I get it, but it's a very common thing with tuners. But yeah, I, I think that most tuners, they have this, um, this uh, preconceived notion. I don't know if, that, if that's, a, they have this 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 thing where it's like everybody already already knows that they are going to take a while to answer or it's a bougie.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Know? And that, that could be a thing. That's definitely, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. But like, I think I'm like easy to talk to. I give really shitty replies in terms of length. Like you can send me three paragraphs and I'm going to tell you exactly what you need back. Uh-huh. I'm not going to like sit there for 20 minutes and write you a beautiful email. But like, if you ask me five questions, I will copy paste it right replies like I'm yeah. good like that. But like in terms of being bougie, I mean people probably will say that. Um it is it is what it is. It's the nature of <laughs> it's the nature <laughs> of whatever, you know, like yeah. my job is t- and also like tuners. Some people will say tuners are annoying. He's making me do this, making me do that. Not every tuner is the best, also. I know it's saying trust your tuner. Yeah. Make sure you find a good one with a good track record. Right. Like ask people if they have problems. Like, I'm not gonna call them out, but there's guys at F-80s that people say he's the best. He has this stock fuel system ED5, whatever record. And then like you find out how many cars blow up that they do, mm. you know? And it's like, where's the thing about that? And people online will call me F, uh, RK Boom and this and that. And I'm like, find me five cars that broke, you know? Like that, like made too much power window, the block. I don't put myself in those situations. Right. That's why I like my car built motor fuel system. I'm going to push it. But if everyone says that that motor blows up at 700 wheel torque, like F80. Yeah. I'm going to give you 650. That's it. You're not going to get 700.
1: Just to, just to prove that you make the highest horsepower. I get Well,
2: it. no, I'm yeah. saying I'm going to do less because I don't want your car to break. I care more. No, I'm, about saying your car breaking. I'm saying other shops. I'm saying
1: other shops will do that. They'll, they'll probably push the, the platform further in that tune just to make sure that other they have tuners eyes. right because they want not that you stuff. i'm saying other they don't people, care yeah. about you
2: right i do like you want to i'll tell someone you know if you have pistons rods do a fuel so you can make whatever yeah and then i have guys they like run 50 pounds of boost on f like turn up yeah. you know like b 3 too. 2 they turn up and it's not a problem
1: right because it works it's, it's reliable i don't want to break here.
2: your shit you want to go find <laughs> i have a customer recently uh won't say who x m he knows who he is yeah such a nice guy Such a nice guy. I told him, I don't want to turn your car up anymore. I don't want to break it. Right? We did all the shit to it. Um, It definitely could have been turned up more than where I had it, potentially. Right. Right? He could have done street locks, which he did. I could have maybe made it a little bit faster. Yeah. I did not want to break the stock motor. Okay. He went elsewhere. windowed the block. Like, he went elsewhere, got tuned. And, like, it got faster. And he windowed the block. You know how... I don't feel good that his car broke. He's such a nice guy. I just feel good I did not break his car. Right. Like, there's another local shop, too. Wanted me to tune his car. Had someone else tune it first. Had a bunch of problems. I was like, I don't want to get involved. Yeah. That guy's car broke and blew up. I'm not saying it happens all the time. Yeah. But, like, I don't want to be the guy breaking people's cars, either. Like I don't want to be that tuner. That's fair. That's fair. And people could talk shit, say I blow cars all the time. Y'all can't find five, straight up. Y'all probably can't find two. You can say I break my own car, but I'm doing what is i'm doing what everyone else isn't same thing on my g80 like i'm gonna make it a little bit lighter yeah and i'm posting everything on my g nothing's hidden at right. all every pound i take out posted everything i'm just gonna do a little bit more right but it's when it's uh able like when it's when it's, when you can you don't want to do that on someone's stock motor like imagine some guy tells you your car is good for 800 right and then your brakes how do you feel
1: that's why you gotta do research
2: yes and maybe ask <laughs> yeah. for like a little bit less. Yeah. Ask for a little bit softer. I know it sounds horrible, but right. like, unless you're willing to burn your shit down, and maybe you are.
1: Yeah. No, you have to. You I'm have not. To research. Yeah. I took
2: my stock motor out. <laughs> I don't want to break it. It's right. worth too much money. Like I'm spending all this money on the car. Imagine burning down a $10,000 motor. It's nah. not for me. So like tuner wise, that's really important too. Track record and then also find somebody to trust mm-hmm. and then trusting them
1: pretty solid information you have this video on your your page you were drifting and you you, you oh. realized it was a like, uh, uh,
2: behind you oh that shit's real so did you ever post a part two of that like the, the part two is my camera went down cop i didn't have a rear camera like showing backwards it was like undercover right pulls up on my shit right like le- on my shit yeah i get off the fucking exit i'm like and i'm like fuck get off the exit dude's on my bumper gets off with me I go to get on the next exit to do like a loop-de-loop, right? On my bumper, last second pulls away. I was like, the the sigh of relief was crazy.
1: Did he see you actually hitting a turn?
2: He he had to have. I drifted the whole thing onto the parkway practically. And then the next part was that same day driving to work. I never posted this clip. I had the head cam on again. I drift the exit right here and I pull up to the red light and shut it down you know, like drift up to the red light and then stop right. with the yield sign or whatever as i'm stopping i stop another c- passes me and i was like this is two times i'm lucky in a day i'm fucking done <laughs> i was like i'm gonna record a whole youtube video of like random street drifting right and i quickly learned it ain't worth it
1: with that yeah yeah, yeah. no definitely that's definitely a, I, I i saw that video a while ago and i remember i was like damn i
2: wonder what happened after you thought I mean, yeah. the fake ones would probably do just as good. I could be more energetic in a fake one. Yeah. But I mean, that shit was as real as it gets. <laughs> I am like, I have other clips I can probably send you. Right. People see me doing that turn all the time. It is like near where I get off every day. Yeah. And people see me doing I get clips. I got two other people, random dude behind me recording. I'm like, that's my turn. Yeah. I love that turn.
1: So you you mentioned you mentioned recently I love that turn. You mentioned recently that you uh you feel like the, the F eighty is the best drift car for you.
2: Why why did you say that? So it's a good okay, F eighty compared to older cars compared to newer cars. Yeah. F eighty makes five hundred horsepower soccer, four, four forty, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Five hundred wheel pump gas tune. It is heavy, 36, 3,800 pounds. Right. E 3,200 pounds. But you make five hundred wheel on that and drift it at the track, you can break axles diff um hub thingy right transmissions f80 um i broke i have upgrade axles. i had spare my fast car like mo talked about having spares everything i had spares everything like i had spare axles yeah. for the car i have blocks i have everything i had spare transmissions on deck right i never use a spare axles i put axles in it i don't think it needs it i'm on stock drive shift i'm on stock transmission on that car Someone drove the car and broke the transmission due to them like clutch dumps in third gear mm-hmm. type thing. But overall, I think that's a solid all-around car. It has AC. <laughs> like it does drift. It has a crazy angle kit, so the wheels get super duper sideways. And it's not gonna win competitions. Okay. But overall, I put twelve thousand miles, I think, on that car in two years of ownership. Okay. And that's including like we drive from track to track. So I do a thing called drift week. The first one's in the um, Northwest. Right. I think like 5,000 street miles between drift tracks. So like, you drive crazy. on the track, they transport your wheels and tires for you. Okay. But you need to bring your tool. You need to bring the spares. No trailers allowed. So all my miles are from drift weeks on that car. Damn. So like, I drove California, Arizona twice. Uh, one round trip and one half because one started in Arizona. So I mean like how about driving your car on the track, beating the piss out of it, hopping in, Apple CarPlay, AC on. Eight-hour drive, hundred miles per hour, nothing, mm. like like easy mode. So like, I also did a drift week in my yellow M two forty, no AC, no heat, no radio, no sound ending. I have like three mufflers though because I don't want it really loud. Yeah, like everything else is freaking loud. And I did uh, I did two drift weeks in that one. I want to say yeah, one or, maybe one drift week in that, one and a half, and it is not the same experience. The yellow car is three thousand one hundred pounds. Damn. So, it is way lighter. It makes more power. It's more nimble. It's a better drift car, but not a better all around drift car. And G80 for drifting is a little too big and heavy, right. I think. That 4,000 or 3,900 pound car or whatever it is, it's got to be 200 pounds more than an F80, like manual versus manual. Right. It does make more power, but that just means like it doesn't have that much more grip. Mm-hmm. So, you're just going to smoke more tires and like you're going to get gapped. By an NAE36, 328, straight up. Like, on a tight track. Yeah. On a big, long track, F80's winning. But on a tight track, like, there's tracks in, uh, um, Pat's Acres or something, whatever it was. Yo, dude, I'm getting gapped. Because the time it takes to slow the car down and then transition, Yeah, if you're a really good driver, you'll probably be fine. I'm getting gapped by E36's. So, but that car's gone. It's be. behind me. But I did a giveaway on it.
1: Right, so, um... This car is actually begin. It's it's already done.
2: The sweepstakes company drew the winner, verified him. I posted it today. He is locked in. It is his car. Some kid from Oregon.
1: That's crazy. Uh, Everyone
2: said I pronounced Oregon wrong. Was it Oregon? Oregon. That he's from there. Um, So what what did what did he purchase? Yo, he bought. So it's super crazy. I won't say everyone's name, but when they do the drawing, they draw multiple people in case like you don't reply to them, you think it's a spam. Or your license or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Or like you won't give your tax info because right. it's like a very legal process the way that I do it. He bought a single E36 t-shirt of my last giveaway car. That One t-shirt. I think it was $40 and just won that car. And I think ten grand. I have to fucking go to the bank and take out and give him. And the second place, like that didn't win the car because the yep. first place was a winner, bought a jzX 100 shirt that I have. Third place spent some more money, bought, bought multiple things. Mm. but like as i say third place there's one place winner but it just means like if that guy didn't win right you know it would be available to the next place person and i don't tell the rest of people like their names because they would suck if you're like damn i almost won
3: yeah, yeah.
2: but but yeah <laughs> so that's who who locked it in and that's it's it's gonna be his car i'm so, trying to schedule for him to come out and get it but i fucked up though because i love that car dude i should give away anything else straight up it's crazy
1: yeah it's nice the f80s are really nice cars i really love the way that's like probably one of the best looking uh bmws to me uh me personally i think
2: and Uh, it's like raw still yeah like a super might feel raw because like so small and good yeah But like a g80 is a big car it feels bigger right so for me i think like after that i'm not i want to do it right away but it ain't happening i want to do an m2 drift car Mm. a brand new m true red that'd be fire but like something like that yeah angle kit inline handbrake all the rear arm bushings so the suspension solid and that but um dollar wise i was hoping would do a giveaway get some monies up and go buy one <laughs> <Ain't> there yet <laughs> everything's the giveaways makes hundreds of thousands of dollars they, yeah i like it i do it it's gonna it's gonna work over time i think um but it's like one of those things that's probably my next um i mean this yellow e36 can be a drift car next but that's like i had a car for six years it just yeah. sits here to put an angle kit and a handbrake in that car is light work right that's that's like Two day process at worst, to buy a new M two that's a mm. big one. Probably once the G eighty is rocking and rolling, yeah, then maybe I'll get a new M two. Cause like, I just thought it was cool that I had like the fast F eighty, then I also had an F eighty drift car at the same time, like two separate cars. So I just thought that was super cool. So I think doing the same thing with the G eighty platform, the S fifty eight platform will be super cool also. That's really my mindset.
1: Like when somebody wins the car, do they have to come pick it up or
2: wait? Most of the times. <laughs> Depends on how you do your giveaway. Okay. Um,
1: well, you are specifically.
2: Yeah. Mine, You. it's not in the rules that I'll fly you out and then ship the car to you. Okay. It could be. Right. I bet more people would enter if they knew that I was part of it. Right. But I, that's what I do. Like, you win it. Um, the you first person out. was local, so they just drove over. Like, I didn't give them gas money or anything. Right. They drove three hours or something. Damn. They didn't complain. They got GEDM3. Right. Like my first one. I and, wouldn't complain. And either. 20 grand, bro. <laughs> like he wasn't gonna be like, yo, I need 50. He brought me a nice. bottle of alcohol or something. Like he was like, thank you. I'm like, cool, bro. Like super nice guy. But this one, I'm gonna fly him out. I think mean, he wants to come him and someone else, he said. Okay. And then I'll fly him out. He'll see the car. I'll get some sort of reaction. And then I'm um, taking him for a ride in or something. And then um, if he puts insurance, he could drive it. If he so, doesn't, he's not gonna, like while it's under my insurance.
1: The, the thing I've always wondered with giveaway let just say if you win a car, right? Do you have to pay taxes on it?
2: Okay, uh, it depends on how you do it. Okay, Most, like eighty eighty, for example, yeah. they're they're doing it a certain way. Adam LZ, a lot of these people offer cash on it because everyone thinks it's to pay taxes on registering the car. It's use it how it, the legal term is use it however you please, mm-hmm. but it shows as income when you win the car. It's not taxes on. Like mm. If you win that car, it goes on your social or whatever that you made whatever the prize value is. Really? Yep. On that year. So if I give this guy the car on January 1st. It'll be on his taxes or whatever that he got that much, whatever. For so, free. but then you
1: still have to pay taxes on that amount. Yes. At the end of the year when yep. you file your taxes. That's why right. people give cash. Can you do it in a business? Like, let's say if you win a car, I if, say, I want to put it in Tukes Productions. Name. You should
2: buy an entry. I don't know how that works in terms of it. You got to buy the
1: entry with a card business account, right? I
2: don't know if that's, I don't know if it has to be a person, not a ah, business. Okay, okay. And like, if you win, you cannot. Have your mother, brother, sister, take the prize and do it legally under their name. Like you order it, you're winning. If your mom orders it, she's winning. Right. Your sister orders it, she's winning.
1: I would assume if you put your information in, you know, this is who I am. Pay with the yeah, yeah. business. Side, I don't like, know. I'm sure you could probably do that. Maybe accounting. Not sure. Maybe I'm like you talk about to,
2: maybe you talk to your accountant or something. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. All I know is I have a third party sweepstakes company. Okay. That's the same one that does a lot of big companies. Right. I pay them they handle it i'm not worried they figure it all out it's like they do all the tax stuff right, or whatever right. it is but that's my understanding of it and someone could say i'm wrong but that's yeah i'm sure somebody will you know yeah. know
1: more information about that um so yeah what's what's next for you man what are you what are, what are your plans for the next couple of years what are you trying to do with this with uh you know RK tunes and what are your goals
2: um so this i have thought about more in the past year of my life than mm-hmm. ever before i've always been trying to just get through my day Day to day. You said you came here for. I'm running around doing some bullshit. By me slowing down the the in person stuff Mm -hmm. and extremely limiting what I dyno, it's what I really want to do. Whatever car I really want to dyno, Um, I want to focus more on expansion of, like, they said intakes before, like, multiple times, production stuff that can get to more people. People offer an intake for a B58 car that's $500, which literally a pipe like this long or $300 or this long and a filter. They're like this is sick i offer a front man intake puts it in front of the car for the same dollar amount because it's like the m-tax is crazy like right even some of the bmws my stuff is the cheapest intake for that car and right. in my opinion it is the best performing Like if you look at mike body he's like good i'm not there's no shade on him yeah your man's he got a g80 he's gonna crush it right i'm trying to be the fastest but he's we know he's gonna crush right it. so right. we'll see how it goes he has a B58 stock motor car that set the record. It's the same one that made a thousand wheel now yeah. stock motor. That car, he ran a front mount. He got my front mount intake because he said it worked the best mm. from his customers' cars. Right. Air temp data. He was like a mutual friend was like, Hey, the shop CT was like, Hey, Mike body needs intake. Like I don't talk to Mike body. Yeah. I never spoke to him Yeah, just through people. Mike body needs intake. Okay. He can just have one. Right. right? So He, I gave him a yellow one. That's all I have in stock. (laughs) So I gave him a yellow intake. He rocked it. Fastest x my intakes. Fastest stock turbo cars or stock frame that have dual intakes Mm -hmm. or single intakes run my stuff. So it's the highest performing, like proven and affordable because it's like cancel out some of the M tax. Right. So building up that inside the business and trying to do more production stuff that allowed to more growth and expansion of the name. The giveaway thing is like a side mission. Okay. It's like, I see it like it could do good over time and I'm still learning. And it's almost like a project that you work on. Like right. you over time, you'll do little side mission. Probably like maybe this is like, this is seems like this is it for you, but like, you're going to try little things as everyone learns yeah. and tries to get better. Like everyone wants to progress in life. Right. Absolutely. I, that's why, but so that, um, and more products like that, potentially a few things I'm like trying to work on, but nothing that's like really in motion. Yeah. Um, of side ventures okay car all car related all though. car related stuff. yeah no like i don't do like not no real estate person yeah. that, i'm just locked in with cars yeah i'm just as dumb as the next car guy spending his money on his cars because like that um expanding the tuning side potentially a little bit more right. because i've stopped doing it in person i can do more online tunes right and like i said i'd rather make 20 people happy than that one person even like right. dining one person car takes me all day one revision takes 15 minutes Like me to do a poll, let it warm up for a minute or two, do a poll, record it, check the data log, review it, make a file flash 15 minutes. If you send me an email, all I do is open the data log in an email, check it, revise it and flash it. It's like one minute or two minutes. So I can make more people happy if I'm not physically doing that end. So more tuning, more parts development and more drifting. The drifting is also just fun. So I'm trying to do more fun drifting, not pro. Not compete really. Maybe I'll do some fun comps. Yeah. But my end goal is not to be a pro drifter. Okay. It's just to go out and have fun with friends.
1: That's cool. And you can. I think I'm there. Yeah. I yeah. think I can. Yeah. You can. Right. The
2: pro drifters don't make money. Like there's some. Right. But most of them are just trying to get by because they love drifting. Right. Luckily, I found something else that can um, make support. people happy. Yeah. And make me money and support that at the same time. Right. I'm not just a car guy that's trying to like make money to go sh- do shit. I'm just dumb <laughs> like the next guy.
1: <laughs> well, well said. Um, well said, man. I, I hope, I hope nothing but the best for you. Thank I'm you. glad that we were able to sit here and shop it up for this long. Can you tell the viewers where to find you?
2: Yeah. RK tunes pretty much Instagram, RK tunes, YouTube, RK tunes. I'm doing a full build videos of the G80. Okay. If you see nothing really new. Like I said, if there's delays, I still record things, but I don't want to just post bullshit. Right. I want to just post good stuff Right. pretty much on my, on my YouTube channel. So, okay. Instagram, RKTunes, YouTube RKTunes. How do we Instagram's, enter the next giveaway? Hi, uh, RK. So if you go to RKTunes like on any of those things, rktunes.com is where you buy tunes, intakes, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a direct link to merch and giveaway stuff whenever there's giveaways on. Okay. It's RKTunes.us. Okay. I know it seems weird that it's two separate things and sites. It's just because that's like a side mission of mine, the giveaway thing, to try and learn. Right. So like it keeps it easier as a separate entity. Right. You right, buy right. things from there. I don't want someone buying an eight hundred dollar intake and getting entered, and someone buying a forty dollar <laughs> t shirt and feeling like they're asked out. Right. I want it to be like, you want to enter here, you enter here. So arcadegames.us. That rkt-tunes.us. makes sense.
1: Okay, cool. Um, yeah, guys, uh, make sure you guys also cop some merch. I know this is like the first time I'm talking about it on the <laughs> podcast, um, but hopefully by the time this video comes up, you guys will have a link to purchase some hoodies and some t shirts as well. So, uh, yeah, please support the brand as we spoke about earlier. If you support the brand, you will support it by purchasing merch. I don't have any fancy cars to give away yet, (laughs) but hopefully you guys can show some love and, um, rock the brand. So until next time, guys, make
0: sure you guys like, share, comment, and subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.